What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wrestle Purist Podcast, episode 80, hosted by myself, Joe Hulbert, Manny, who is going by Manny Steele this evening, and Charlie. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be here. We're gonna review Dynamite as we usually do on Thursdays. We're gonna talk some of the uh, news stories that have caught people's attention throughout the day. First things first, please like, subscribe, super chat. It is always always much appreciated. But I'm gonna go around and see how everyone's doing. Starting with Charlie. How are you today? Doing all right. It's been a long day. I was saying before the podcast, I was in university all day. Mm-hmm. Um, just last push before the semester ends next week getting my last assignment done. I'm ready for summer. I'm over it. But yeah, doing all right. Yeah, we're, we're all giving you strength to, uh, you know, get, get through this last semester, yeah. you know, getting that grinding. Um, Manny, you was the man on site reporting at AW Dynamite last night in Texas. Um, how, how was your night? And how are you doing today? Uh, I left, uh, that was good. You know, I left before Rampage. And then uh, you know, I decided to roam the streets. Well, I was I would I would have stayed if I saw if the if the BCC were like the main like starting the show like they usually do, but they weren't. JS came out and I said, "Oh no, I I'll just go roam the streets of Austin." So I went to go do that. Uh, paid a lot of money for food, man. I, I shouldn't have done that. I there was a whole bunch of food carts, and I said, "Ooh, I'm gonna try a whole bunch of little things." I ended up being I ended up eating half the things. And then, uh, yeah, I'm here. I just got back like an hour and a half ago. So here we are. Sounds like uh, when I ask you about your experience at Dynamite, you don't really mention the wrestling. You just tell us about the money that you spent on parking and food trucks and, you know, well, how, the reason you left the wrestling show. Not, <laughs> well, not anything about the show itself, you know. Well, I would have stayed, but then, like, they were making a big deal about the valley parking when I left there. It's like, you can't do this at a certain time. And I said, I don't want to deal with that shit, bro. I, I just came, dropped my car off, and walked around. And then the show was good. I mean, there was besides that one fan, he got like, uh, uh, I, he, he made everybody stand up in the section I was in for the when the show opened. I said, fuck, all right, I'll just stand up. <laughs> And then as soon as Warlow came out, I sat down. He said, what are you doing? Stand up. And I said, no, I'm not standing up. I'm not standing up. (laughs) (laughs) So you had a good time, man. Uh, We're glad to hear it, you know. Uh, Paul, but the veteran, I'll throw it to you last. How are you doing, man? I'm terrific, mate. I really am. I'm really intrigued. That's what Manny has got up his sleeve this evening because... (laughs) I didn't talk directly to Manny, but I saw some of his commentary throughout the night. And he appeared to be pretty thrilled, frankly. He seemed to be, like, overjoyed. And I thought he would be. He saw, you know, what I believe to be pretty much a classic dynamite live and in person. And I thought, I wonder if Manny will play that straight on WrestleFurious tonight. And he comes in, that's good. And there was this one guy who asked me to stand up for Wardlow, you know. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued how this unfolds throughout the show, but I'm delighted to be here nonetheless. Monty, how are you, mate? Well, I did text Monty halfway through the show and I said, I think AEW lost its magic. And then... Uh... <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll track this as we go. That's very Incredible. Good. Yes. He's... Um... <laughs> it's, it's funny because when Manny's been in his spiteful phase lately, it's always... He, he comes to me, you know, he confines <laughs> me. <laughs> so 
which is uh, I don't know if that's worrying or funny. It you is. Know? It's uh, worrying for sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's get into this Dynamo review because there is a few yeah. new things that we'll get into, like a lot the um the return to AEW of Ace Steel, um, <laughs> which is definitely a very interesting one that has caused a lot of discussion today. But like I said, first we'll talk Dynamite, and um, of course, talking of Wardlow. You open the show, the show opens up with Wardlow and, uh, you know, he calls out Christian and Christian comes to the ring with Luchasaurus and uh, Wardlow gets the shit kicked out of him and he gets chokeslammed through a table or a ladder, one of the things. He gets, uh, no, he gets chokeslammed through some sort of object and, um, yeah, man, this, this is, this is how we, uh, this is how we, this is how we opened up the Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Wardlow, uh, wasn't it wasn't the best opening to the night for him, was it? <laughs> it was not. Um, it wasn't. Interesting choice for opener too, right? Fair to say. It caught me off guard in that regard. I liked the segment a lot, but I was surprised to see it open. This show was bookended by, uh, you know, non-wrestling, different segments, which is very undynamite. I think we all agree the show was great, so it worked out just fine. But the placement was the main thing to me here. Charlie, what did you make of the opening segment? Um, so, like, when I was watching Dynamite Live, my fight TV wasn't working, so I missed him talking. I just saw mm-hmm. Christian beating the piss out of him, so I thought it was great. And then I went back and watched <laughs> the promo after, and I was just like, okay, I get where people were coming from now, because it was just, yeah. it, it was just a bit nothing, like, why are we doing mm-hmm. this as the opening thing? Like, I get it's part of Wardlow's rehabilitation, and they want him to be a big deal, but, yeah, it was just kind of there. Yeah. Be interesting to see where they go with this, Manny. How were the people reacting to Wardlow? Because uh, you, you sat back down, you know. Um, <laughs> what was the feeling in the building, man? Tell us. To me, it seemed like everybody was into Wardlow, and then like he started talking, and then when Christian came out, everybody was like excited to see Christian, and then I don't know, just never got back for, to Wardlow. My people were cheering when he did the that thing he does, that finishing move. Christian, it's the Kill switch. The kill switch. And then people were cheering for that. And then I don't know. I was like, oh man, shit. I don't think Warlow was as high as, as popular as I thought he was. I think everybody just likes cheering the chain the Warlow part of his name, yeah. you know, when he comes out. But I, I, I did stand up again because uh, I was trying to see Christian come out. <laughs> and since I, I, I messed up my rule where, where you sit on like the floor towards the back and you can't see anything where everybody's standing up. So I was just like trying to look around everybody, see like Christian and all that. And I didn't want to look up. So I had to stand up and I have to wa- watch Christian come and, you know, get the hell out of him. <laughs> Good stuff all around. This Christian got you on your feet, you know, got you moving. You got you got to you got to catch Christian Cage when you get the chance. You know, it's 2023. You don't know how many years we got left. Um, but yeah, the Wardlow thing is definitely interesting to see how, um, how long and how heavy-handed they get with this, uh, as Charlie said, rehabilitation of him. Um, of course, we come back to Wardlow a little bit later on in the show, so we'll get to it a bit more then. Um, next up, by the way, I've, I'm on notes for Dynamite. I'm not sure like how great the order is and if I've missed anything. So if I do miss anything, someone okay. please point it out. Uh, but next up, we've got Orange Cassidy and Darby Allin versus Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. This is the first match of the night. I thought it was a nice piece of business. I like Orange and Darby together, of yeah. course. So, what a shock. But this was, uh, this was a nice, like I said, nice bit of business. Uh, Joe, what did you make of the tag to open the show? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought um, I would be intrigued to know how different, because they were this match on the house show, right? 
I believe. Yeah. I would like to know how, how much of an overlap was in terms of the match they worked because this felt like a house show match. I mean that as a sincere compliment, you know, like to be clear. Um, it was definitely assisted by a great crowd. We need to, you know, credit the crowd. And I'm not just an ex yeah. but like there was one spot in this match <laughs> where they did the deal where, you know, the babyface made the tag and the referee missed it. And the crowd yeah. started shouting, referees suck. And they were so, <laughs> yeah. this is such a wrestling crowd. That's good stuff. You don't get that all the time now. And, uh, so the crowd assisted it, but Big Bill and Lee Moriarty is like a genuinely fun team. Um, they have a weird chemistry that you would never have seen coming, but it's definitely real. I know, Manny, you were very quick on that, to your credit, but uh, this was really good. I, I thought this match was... It's not like a classic match. It wasn't trying to be, right? But I thought they had a really tight tag match, and the people loved it. So it was a good opener, for sure. Yeah. Manny, the people, what are the people in the building feeling this? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they were into Big Bill and uh, Darby. They were more no Big, Big Bill Lee Moriarty. They were into them, but you know they liked Orange Cassidy and Darby a lot. And then, but as soon as the like the more the match went along, people started cheering for Big Bill every time he started doing stuff. Everybody yeah. just everybody was into like him throwing the middle fingers and him doing his thing with his hands he does. And then like. I don't know. This match was this match was pretty fun. From from the stuff that I did see, I did have a mishap during this match, so I dropped my sour patch balls. So I was trying to pick him up. So from what I did see of this match, it was pretty fun. <laughs> I'm glad you had a fun time. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Orange Cassidy and Derby together. It's a you know, uh, Big Ben and Lee Moriarty were kind of like the odd couple, you know, uh, as a tag yeah. team and. Of course, Orange and Darby are. Uh, what did you make of the pairings, Charlotte? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, Big Bill just pops me huge. I think he's like unironically one of the funniest TV characters they have because <laughs> he's just so serious in everything he does, but it's always so fucking funny. So I don't know. I'm I'm a Big Bill fan now, apparently. So and him and Moriarty, they they work well together. I'd like to see him do more with them. Yeah, um, and obviously, it was like a rerun of the house show match and it got Derby on the show when they were like doing all mm-hmm. three of the pillars having matches. Um, but I thought it was a good way to get him on. I enjoyed it. It seems like Lee, it's not quite as like um, apparent as it is with Garcia, but Lee is definitely kind of finding the, you know, covering the gaps in his game a little bit here, slowly but surely. Right. And mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to see Lee do more and have more opportunities, no doubt. But I actually think this time kind of, um, in a supporting role, to say the least, has helped him, to be honest. like I think he's getting better slowly but surely. And hopefully by the time you know a push comes around, he'll be more prepared for it than he would have been a year ago. Um, I think he's enjoying being a heel too, and he's kind of finding his personality in that regard. So it's yeah. good to see Lee coming along. I think he's doing a good job. I think they're playing off each other pretty well. You know, like they're, yeah. they're both filling up filling up each other's uh, holes. Mm-hmm. I think I think Moriarty, I think Lee Moriarty has gotten better. As, as a personality since he's being with Bill, yes. so Bill brings so much out of him. And then mm-hmm. Lee Moore, uh, Lee Moore, Big Bill, he's, I think he's become better of a worker too since he's been with them too because I don't remember him being like that good in Impact, even though he was pretty cool in Impact. But here he's, I don't know, for some reason. He's only there for a cup of coffee, man. <laughs> and I saw the matches. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I don't want to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the chat. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy, it was a crazy phrase. It was a... 
I feel I heard like Charlie just like giggle like behind yes, the screen. And I'm so glad I had my cover off for that because I honestly Me and Joe were very professional, everywhere. you know. Like trying to like Well it was a really <laughs> Manny was being say? really you were being very sincere with praise and you said something <laughs> yeah. about holes and it was a little aggressive, that's all. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you just move on, even though I said. That's right. <laughs> I, I thought you look, you were spot on, it was just the phrase yeah. none of, just carry on. Yeah. <laughs> The, never mind, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, we'll move it on. You know, we don't have to spend forever on this. It was a, it was a nice fun match. That's kind of yeah. is what it was. The crowd enjoyed it. It seemed Manny enjoyed it. You know, and Big Bill and D. You know, we'll see what uh, we'll see if Tiny will actually kind of do anything with them. I'm sure there's yeah. like other people on his priority list right now. You know, um, big time for AW, but we'll see what the future holds for him. Anyway, um. Next up, I believe, if my notes are right, the Young Bucks got the shit kicked out of Ken. <laughs> it was really... Um, getting to the point now with the Black Bob, obviously not now as we'll get into, but like, um, you know, if anything, the ending was very much needed and they very much told us that throughout the show because, you know, it was becoming a very regular occurrence that every time the Elite kind of even barked just a little bit, they just got the shit kicked out of them. And, yeah. uh, this happened again here in the parking lot. Um, the books tried to get a uh, tried to get their upper hand through the cases at uh, Blackpool Combat Club, but that upper hand lasted precisely about half a second. And uh, as I keep saying, they got the shit kicked out of them again. Uh, Charlie, I know you love the books. Yeah. Is this was this hard to see? You know, again. I thought it was just funny <laughs> <laughs> because they keep teasing this Nick and Claudio match, and they're not booking it, and it's really annoying me. Like, stop pairing them off if you're not going to do this match at this point, because it's just frustrating me every time I watch it. But um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good segment. Like, obviously they were targeting Matt Sam, and Nick got fucking dropped on the car bonnet. It, it was just a bit nuts for like thirty seconds. Like, did you see Claudio's like the stance, the end of the screen, yeah. <laughs> like, the way they walked in behind him? I was crying. because yeah. like. The, it was clear to me they didn't care if the Bucks saw them or not, based yeah. on the way they like they made it very clear they were going to kick the shit out of them regardless. Which makes it even funnier that Claudio had this like stealth position as he entered the screen. <laughs> He's like, right, like, I, don't know what he, I don't know what he was waiting for, but it was very funny, very very funny. So. And with it, you got wiped out by that scene. Yeah, Matt like, nailed him, bro. <laughs> he had he had quite the night, did Willie? You? Yeah. He had an even. Oh my god! Himself. Tremendous. Yeah, time. yeah. This is just. Uh... Good stuff as most of these uh Blackpool combat segments beat down segments are, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh all right, so uh, next up we've got Wardlow in the back, he's nursing his injuries and stuff, and in comes double eye big arm, he comes in and he gives him a pep torch off. I know you love this shit, you know, mm-hmm. and um you know, Wardlow Wardlow gets some of that mean spirit in him and he, he challenges Christian to a fucking ladder match at double or nothing for the TNT Championship. Mm. Definitely not his wheelhouse, more Christian's wheelhouse. If you look at history, I think that's kind of uh, the point they're trying to make, you know. Mm. Wardlow might be biting off a bit more than he can chew, etc., etc. Um But, you know, he's, he's got Arn in his corner, Joe. What did you make of uh, Arn's pep talk last night? It's good, you know. It's good in the ways that Arn things are good these days, and that's fine with me. And um, <laughs> I will say that Arn like winding up on the ice pack, and, like 
and it like just like touching the floor. I was like, man, wrestling fucks dudes up, man. That's brutal, you know. Bless the man. God bless. All the best to Big Arm. But um, I like the direction a lot. Uh, I, I think it makes the match way more compelling. I think it makes a Christian win way more feasible because Wardlow doesn't have to be pinned, right? Um, I think it, it could be an interesting direction, honestly, because Arn clearly didn't co-sign this decision, right? He just kind of did it, and it was like, we'll see. Maybe that's something they circle back to. Um, I'll believe it when I see it in terms of a title change, but nonetheless, I've talked a lot on these shows about not really being into the like multi-man ladder match car crash deal anymore. This is a very different type of thing, right? You give a Christian Cage a one-on-one ladder match, that dude's wrestling line. We've seen it a million times before. They're going to do something interesting. This I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm not a huge Wardlow fan as of right now, but I think this is a good, uh, an interesting spot to put him in, and I think he may just uh, exceed expectations. So I'm pretty fired up for this one, actually. Yeah, it's just um with the ladder matches. Like AEW have done so many of them. Most of them have been like multi-man tag matches and yeah. stuff like that. But because they've done so many of them it kind of takes a little bit of a shine when something like this happens, mm-hmm. you know, like um, many singles match gets set up, but, you know, maybe, you know, this isn't just kind of, um, you know, there's, I guess there's going to be some storytelling points made to it. Manny, are you, uh, are you interested in Wardlow in the ladder match at all? Does Christian, does Christian make it interesting for you? Not really, but I hope Christian wins this match. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really down on, I'm just really down on, uh, I'm really just down on uh, Warlow right now, and I just, you I know. for some reason, I just feel like if he, if Christian wins this match, they're just gonna do a thing where Warlow gets a, <laughs> Warlow gets a, Warlow's just gonna eventually be Christian again, and we're gonna be in the same cycle again. They're trying to build him up. God, I don't, mm, I don't think they're, oh, they're, you'd hope, you know, because yeah. the way it seems like, it just seems like, uh, uh. Arn is just mad that uh, Hobbs, not Hobbs. <laughs> I'm like all over the place right now, guys. Um, he's mad that Warlow, Warlow is just like not listening to him. I'm sorry. <laughs> what's, what's happening? He's banging his desk. He's really frustrated. He's trying to. Yeah, he got a bit flustered, you know. We got like, over 100 people in here. He's, uh, you know, oh, he's he said, like I said, I just got back in a while ago. Man, he said, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I do want to say, I did laugh though when our, like, did what wind up into the ice pack. I wonder how many takes it took because I feel like he's had to hit him at least once, like, because he got so close to his face. You know, the couple times he threw it, like, God. Yeah, man. Uh, Charlie, I know you're not. Oh, I don't think most people are at this point. Like Wardlow, yeah. definitely isn't at his uh, peak of um, you know hype and you know crowd investment and stuff at the minute. But what do you think of uh, this this ladder um, match that we get in on the pay per view? I'm glad it's not a multi man because much like Joe, I am very much done with ladder matches at the moment. We've seen so many of them, like in AEW especially. I'm just like, just relax a little bit. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see him at the moment. But with it being Christian in one, that kind of pops me because it's Christian in a ladder match in 2023. Like, uh, not a sentence I thought I'd say, really. But um, I I don't know if I want Wardlow to win and like get that big win over a big hill or if I want Christian to win and for Wardlow to just like turn heel after because he's sick of losing. They just need to do something, and that's what I hope comes out of it, that they just have 
a like solid place to go with Wardlow after. Yeah, that's, hopefully. I think that's hopefully. preferable. You know, sorry, I, I just the heel turn. I think because you could explain that as Arm being like, you play right into his hands. You know, like he yeah. he he walked you right into that trap. You gave him the ladder match, and it's uh, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. But carry on, Molly, my bad. Mate. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, really. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. the heel turn now. It's like you can use the iron thing, and it's not Christian. He's definitely not the worst person by any means to put the title on. And, you know, like, Wardlow losing to Christian, especially in a ladder match, like, it's not really going to hurt him anyway. And at no. this point, does it even matter as much because of the hope that he's lost? Um, no. So, yeah, if he, just, if he loses this at the pay-per-view, gets away from Christian and then, you know, he, he turns heel on a likable baby face. And uh, mm-hmm. I think you can, you know, that would be a good reset for him. Because um, this time he'll be a heel with where, like, kind oh. of, like, he's not calling the shots because he'll have Arn as, like, his, um, you know, the coach calling the plays. He might be whispering mm-hmm. in his ear like yeah. he was doing to Cody Rhodes, you know. Um but, you know, he'll be, like, driving. He'll be driving it, you know. Whereas before, when he was a heel, of course, it was he was MJF lackey, you know. So, um, I was talking to uh, my brother yeah. about it a little bit ago, actually. And he was like, what if, like, after Double or Nothing, Wardlow turns heel and then he slowly just beats, <clears throat> like, Jack Perry and Sammy and Darby mm-hmm. and that's how he works his way up to a potential match with, like, MJF. And I was just like, that's not a bad idea, to be fair. Especially with this weird dynamic they've got on with Sammy at the moment. Like, if you want to cement him as a babyface, having a heel Wardlow beat him, it's not a bad way to go about it. I agree. I think it's always easier to book a guy with his frame and his strengths, literal strengths in his case. Like, I think it's always easier to book him as heel anyway, right? I mean, you have to protect them to some extent, but, like, you know, right now you're in a spot where there isn't that many heels you want him to sell for as a babyface because his whole thing is he's this destroyer. And it's like, if you put him with Jack Perry, as we're going to talk about later with Jack, he could take 80% of a match with Jack and it wouldn't hurt Jack at all because that's the point. He's a, he's a scrappy babyface. So I like that. And also on the other side of that with Christian, he's not wrestled consistently for such a while now. It would feel so fun to have him with the TNT belt and just yeah. have babyfaces going his way. You know, like Christian working any babyface on that roster on TV. I'm I'm into that, like, because it's been a while, right? Yeah. It's been a long time. So, and, and if Christian it. holds it for a few mm-hmm. months, and then like whoever he drops it to is going to be well better off for it because they're, yep. they're beating Christian. Like, exactly. You can you know you can eventually go back to the Jungle Boy story. Mm-hmm. Where Jungle Boy beats yeah, you Chris can circle back to the title. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like I said. There's um, thing will be interesting because they've already seen like how hot they can get him. And you know, lightning doesn't always strike twice. Um, it rarely does, never, you know, <laughs> especially in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, if they can even get him to like 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of where he was, you know, there'll, there'll be somewhere, even if it's as a heel, and of course, it will be a different dynamic with crowd investment. But, um, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely stuff there, you know, um, all the things that people say that he's got potential for, none of those have really gone away, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. He's got a great look. Uh, he's a good athlete. And, um, you know, the, the crowd, like, they know him and they know what he can do and stuff now. And that's uh, maybe he's been a little bit overexposed and stuff. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, the MJF thing's always there as well. Um, Charlie's brother, of course, made a great bit of uh, creative thinking from him yeah. there. With his, uh, you know, his build-up to MJF. It would have definitely been more interesting, I think, if... Uh, you know if they actually went with the MJF FaceTime? 
Yeah. I think yeah. it would have worked genuinely. Like people would have been not like, really into MJF as a face or yep. thing. Um, I think there is still a chance for it, but you'd have to kind of like tease and approach it, kind of. Um, I guess pretty similar to how they were doing before. It's just that they didn't actually pull the trigger last time, which made the whole project of that whole process mm-hmm. of uh, MJF's arc very, very weird. Um, but yeah, just the idea, like a face MJF that everyone like loves. You know, and like fucking go along with it in the crowd. Like, I could just imagine them going along with the catchphrases and shit like that. You know, they'd love it. Then this destroy, yeah, sure. that's what I mean. Then you would have this destroy award, like, if you could get him back to where he was. And uh, that would be a very interesting dynamic. Like face MJF this time against a heel ward, but but um, again. That's a, that would be a very, very long way away in terms of them getting a lot of different, awkward, difficult things very right, you know, to even yeah. think about a scenario like that. So, um, fantasy booking 101, I guess. Uh, okay. Next up, Sammy Guevara has a uh, he has a quick match, you know, squash, call it what you will. Um, and then he gets another live promo. He's had quite a few of these in this feud, which I found interesting to say the least. Um, I'll throw it to you, Joe, because you were, you know, little little giggle, <laughs> little giggle there. Explain yourself, mate. You know, well, I don't really want to because I don't incriminate anyone. But you know, some of the <laughs> folks on this screen did some very good tweets when this happened, and I just was that was just it came to mind. I um. Look, if we're comparing Sammy Guevara live post-match promos, this one was fucking hard times compared to the last one he did, wasn't it? I mean, good Lord. It was a lot better than that one, at least. So yeah, I, the Sammy stuff was really interesting because it's like, I don't I don't think I like the destination, but I did think it was like pretty neat to do this. And we've got two weeks here, and I thought it changed the dynamic in a way that I did think added to the match. The thing that they've got to now with MJF where it's like, it's not just, you know, the odds are against him. Like he's he's doomed here, it appears. I think that was a necessary step for the build. So I actually appreciate what they tried with Sammy here. I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be personally invested in, you know, the trials and tribulations and the personal journey of Sammy Guevara. But I appreciate the effort. As for his promo, I didn't think this particular promo was particularly bad at all. I it was, to me, it was fine. Um, the crowd's reaction was... It was strange because there was definitely like some encouragement, but I'm not sure to the level that they expected. You know, like it was. No, oh, absolutely not. You, like, you got some. You got some. He yeah. done like a really fired up baby face. Please get behind it, me, kind mm-hmm. of promo, and he got yeah. mild light cheers. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think I think they've struggled with That's that. That's progress in for him, though. He is like I think they've struggled with it in general in terms of how to present Sam. We talked about it last week, right? When he had that baby face vignette. But I will say by the end of the night, which we'll get to, I did I did think they did the rest of it pretty well. So it was it was interesting. I don't know. I'm, st- I'm kind of still kind of torn on it, honestly. Yeah, um, Tony and the other powers that be would you know EW Creative seem absolutely adamant in making Sammy Guevara a face, you know. Uh, yeah. whether it's that's clips on all access, whether mm-hmm. that's uh, video packages like we saw last week, or whether that's live promos like we saw last night, they seem absolutely adamant. And um, to that, I would say is it was a very interesting choice. Very stacked mm. rosters right now with people that you don't need to kind of force, you know. Um, and I guess this is kind of the reason why people kind of 
turned away from Sammy Guevara in the first place. He kind of felt a little bit overexposed and pushed down people's throats and people started to turn on him, you know? He, <laughs> that's kind of how I saw it anyway. Some people may have a, you know, a different opinion on it, but that's kind of how I saw the um, the shifting crowd reaction for Sammy Guevara. He kind of got to a point where I feel like people were like, all right, man, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then they leaned into it and now, you know, it seems like they're trying to go back. Will it work? It's just fascinating. Yeah. I, I, as of today, May 18th, 2023. Well, it's 18th. Well, no. Yeah, it's the 18th. I always get confused because we usually do like late podcasts, <laughs> so I'm expecting yeah. it to be like. Yep. But, um, okay, May 18th. Yeah. Do you think this will work, Joe Hall? But... Um, no, but I don't. I actually think that the conclusion of the pay per view will be that Sammy is too big of a dick to go his own way anyway. You know, like I think at the end, the end of the day, Max will win because Sammy fucks it up for the whole, the whole thing of as long as Max doesn't win, he won't lay down for it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he will get in his own way because that's kind of who Sammy Guevara the character is, right? Which we'll leave that there. Um, so that's why no, if, if they really went with it, I would still say no, but I will say genuinely, I think I do understand if they really do want to do the baby face thing, I do understand it to some extent because I do think it's way better for him as a like in ring as a worker, I think he's way better as a babyface because he's allowed to just do his moves, which is what he wants to do, right? Ultimately, like that's what Sammy actually wants to do as a wrestler. Like, however everyone feels about that is fine, but um, I think I get it if that's the, the the thought process. But I honestly think the question will be answered by their booking because I think by the end of Double or Nothing, he'll be back firmly as a heel anyway. So we'll see. Manny, May eighteenth. Yes or no? Will the Sammy Guevara face turn that we feel is um? on its way being uh or even kind of teased to do the swerve at a pay-per-view or something like that do you think this will pay off well no i mean everything everything about sammy to me just seems like so fake i don't know about it like when he's cutting that promo and everybody was cheering him on and i was there i said am i listening to like a different kind of promo from everybody here (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't even even sound genuine i don't know he just sounds like he's reading off a script or whatever and if he does turn face, it's only going to be for a while because I don't think there's anything likable about him. I mean, I don't know anything about it. I was just... You're not fucking with it. Uh, no. Charlie, I think I already know your answer, but yes or no? I don't know. No. I really, I, I think it could work if they handle it correctly because it's like, Obviously, his fan perception online is one thing, but the live crowds have been reacting more positively to him, like in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So I think if they handle it well and they book like post double or nothing, right, and he doesn't like do the swerve in the match or whatever, I think they could like get him face again, at least for a little while. It's an interesting experiment. I- I'm kind of invested <laughs> yeah. in it just to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which it is, is I guess, is what yeah. they want. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting project. We'll see how it turns out, you know. Um, Tony's put a lot of time into Sammy, man. Like, obviously, he was yeah. in the first match on the first Dynamite, I believe. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, when here we are talking about him now, like, about his direction, story arc, and, you know, he's obviously his main event in the pay-per-view, so... Um, he's definitely someone that Tony sees a lot in. Um, 
from whispers and stuff that I hear, he just doesn't get it in terms of like the fan perception of Salmon. You know, like he just he's like, I don't, I don't get it. He's great. You know, <laughs> that's like Tony's perception of um, Sammy Guevara. Apparently, you know, we are, I'm not a journalist, but these are the things I hear. So. That doesn't surprise me. It matches oh, up yeah. with what we see, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, Tony, Tony's a fan, but of course, that doesn't, no, you don't have to be a genius or an insider to work that one out. Um, I'm going to do a few super chats before we continue with Dynamite Review. Okay. Uh, Darren Cage, $5. Appreciate you as always. Hangman made money eat his words last night. He is the guy. He is him. Um, yes, hold on. <laughs> oh, hold show. on. <laughs> um, points were made you know, I mean you know we, we could get into it but I'm not going to um, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing this uh, <laughs> this discussion you know yeah. uh, right now but we appreciate oh. the super chat and Hangman did look great last night man I like Hangman you know he's a great fashion sense man that's crazy he does every time <laughs> he comes out I say man where did he get his clothes from I mean <laughs> drip, drip watcher, man. Eh? <laughs> and especially the iPads. I don't need, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll just, just wear it around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Appreciate you, Darren. Always. Um, shout out the hangman. Short time spurs, $5. What's up, everyone? Hoping to hear a sermon from Joe and Manny on Roddy's glorious victory. It was absolutely glorious, and you probably will be getting that short time. So. Stay tuned, my good friend. Zaid Nadi, 499. Appreciate you very much. Need a one-off Ibu solo show. Talking about Cody's punches for 57 minutes. Oh, he'd love that. Um, also, he was the wrestler reason y'all got into wrestling. Um, WrestleMania 17 DVD from my brother. Pretty cliche, wow, I know. Be, pretty cliche, it's... I know, because it's like WrestleMania 17, but like, that is that is how I got into yeah. wrestling. What's this? The Rock and Austin. It's the very famous one in Texas. Um, most of you can see the best WrestleMania ever. Other than the one that we watched together, Manny 19. But anyway, I, there's always a lot of overlap with Monty and I because the same age, believe it or not. I know, brutal, right? But, um, yeah, older brothers were, like, big fans of the Attitude Era. Dwayne was their guy, um, which was pops mm-hmm. me to this day because I just imagine mm-hmm. if I was doing this when, like, The Rock was on TV, you know? <laughs> like, like, the way we would approach his promos now <laughs> pops me. But uh, The Rock was their guy and... Eventually, when they stopped watching, you know, so did I. And then I, I came back around and found um, a little-known wrestler by the name of Samoa Joe, who I don't think wrestles anymore, right? <laughs> um, oh, come on. And he was like, <laughs> I still, I think people don't realize now because every big guy now does, like, every move. Yeah. But, like, there was a point where Joe, like, appeared to be, like, an alien. You know, he was, like, a, he, he was, like, <laughs> it was insane some of the things he did. But then, and that was a big thing for me. And my fandom kind of in and out, but I would say Joe for sure. Um, my family watched it as well. My first memory of wrestling is the 2006 Royal Rumble, where I predicted that Rey Mysterio would win, and then he did. I was five years old at the time. I did not understand the story. He was just my favourite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> um, then discovered TNA because my sister was watching it. Found the box mm-hmm. through that when they were generation me. And here we are. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. How it went. TNA was huge here, right? Like people don't realize mm-hmm. it, was, it was on the yeah, terrestrial TV. Here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so, man, it was. Um, it was good. Show. I can't remember exactly what channel it was on, but I remember. Uh, it was on. Um, 
if me as a child was able to find it and watch it and pop for people yeah. like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, it was on challenge, and, um, right? Wasn't it a challenge? Something like that. But these are the people Lord I remember Lord. from Tina. Abyss. <laughs> it was like I love the Abyss, bro. Or like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I this was it. real, man. This was excellent. Really, really. He was a terrific monster. Uh, yeah, I man. I they just the fucked with him. Oh, they fucked with everyone, bro. <laughs> you know, no, he, 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 he's like one of the fucking. Yeah. He got completely yeah. like. What, you're saying you wouldn't have done the Dr. Stevie angle? <laughs> <laughs> bro, just. He's, he's got some stories, you know. And obviously, he was like a producer or an, an agent, something along those lines at mm -hmm. WWE as well, wasn't it? I don't know if he still is, but. He is, I'm pretty sure. Abyss, I'm sure he has got some fucking stories to tell, mate. Um, uh, Manny, reason you got into wrestling? Uh, besides just watching random Lucha stuff as a kid, whatever channel was on. Now, hold on. How did you? How would you find this random Lucha stuff? <laughs> like, what would make you stop on it, you know? Like, why? Because the guys are all colorful and they had the masks and stuff. And how old was you? Probably like five or six, you know, like three. Oh. There's four, I think. I don't know, like my grandma would just have it on sometimes or you'd be on the house or something. And I just, I don't remember. I just like the, the thing I can remember the most is just like when we did have it, my dad, whatever he would come, he would have like Lucha masks for us and like mm -hmm. it'd be like a full getup. So it'd be like a Spider Man or a Superman or a Batman a Lucha mask with a cape. That's great. And, and me and my brothers would go outside because they said that it was real. We'd just go out there and get the hell out of each other. <laughs> because we just thought on the trampoline oh shoot punches <laughs> yeah and then, uh, and then if, if it's WWE I just remember seeing Eddie Guerrero or Mysterio Edge just like wrestling and stuff like that but mm -hmm. when I really got into it was like when I remember just the real angle that is like CM Punk and uh, Jeff Hardy and they had the silk cage match and Jeff Hardy had to go away from the WWE yeah <laughs> yeah who knows why, eh? Um, Ibu, in the live chat, says that Abyss has produced every single Shameless versus Gunther match. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's still cooking, Joe. You know? mm, well, <laughs> I've got I mean, Abyss. You know? That is awesome, but I'm trying to think about like how you would... like Laying those out is pretty simple, I feel. you know. <laughs> got to clobber each other. You know? Abyss just goes up to... James is going to start with the chops here. Yeah, like because five minute mark, you know, there wasn't a ton of set pieces in those ones. You know, it was kind of we're just gonna go there and whack each other. Maybe he was involved in the um, everyone says he's good at that. What job. was it? Genuine. What was the um, the the six man that they did? It was called the old fashioned fucking oh, bar yeah. fight, fucking Donnie thing Brooke. that they did. Yeah, Donnie there, Brooke, there right? was spots and stuff in that one. You know, that um, one was yeah, they had a bunch of set that pieces. That was great as well because, mm -hmm. of course, it was, you know. Um, yeah, bro, absolutely. Big fan of the Brawling Brutes. I am Venom. Imperium, I think, go without saying at this point. They're fucking one of the best things in wrestling. Not the German. Gunther's a god, man. God amongst men. Um, Mario Judah, 499. Appreciate <laughs> you very much. <laughs> That's all. Joe, I like your shirt. Flex for Good. the haters. Show me your muscles. Uh, firstly, no. <laughs> oh, Secondly, come on, Joe. Frankly, have nothing to show. This shirt is just very tight. I apologise if arms. Um, you got, you got, to hit, you got to hit a pose. You know, no, in, no, in memory, in memory, <laughs> in memory of superstar Billy Graham. I definitely don't, <laughs> <laughs> especially with that motivation. But I will say this is one of my favourite. Uh, in terms of the super chat bits, this one always pops me. 
this was quite the direction. I did not see this. So very good. I appreciate the compliment nonetheless. Yeah, Says no, a dangerous we're... precedent, Monty. I've said this before, you know. I see the fellas on I see the fellas on Friday singing and stuff. Like, it's not happening, man. I, I'm not going down there, you know. You flex once, next thing you know, you're doing double buys, you know. What I mean, it's a, it's a whole thing. But anyway, we'll proceed. Thank you very much, pal. Yeah, appreciate Joe, you, Mario. I just say something real quick, Joe. Your shirt looks like the one Tony Montana wears, but just like well, it's a blue version. Just a blue version. <laughs> Because this is that this is the famous red and the yellow one. I know, but it's you know it's pretty important detail, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. I just I feel like when you say this looks like saying the colors being completely different feels like kind of a century. It, like, it looks like it has like the same designs and everything. Maybe it does. I'm trying to think. We'll we'll explore this later, Manny. Anyway, back to uh, back to the professional wrestling conversational content Absolutely, we have here. Yeah. Darren Walker, five pounds. If Tony Sammy Babyface should be done, if Tony, if the Tony, <laughs> Darren, man, you need to read, you need to read these before you send them. If the, I think this is meant to say, if the Tony Sammy Babyface should be done in a slow-moving feud with Jericho, which builds week by week, the best way to do it. You'll probably do that. I mean, oh, if they're going to do it, they've teased that a lot over yeah, the yeah, fucking exactly. over the years. At this point, you know, yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think the. And if you want to look into like the best, the show like he turned beefy. So he didn't go out there and help Jericho when he was getting beat by Roddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he was the only. But he did come yeah. down during the post-match beatdown of Jack mm-hmm. Harris. So. Yeah. <laughs> the JAS are all doing their own thing at the moment, so it does make me think that that the splits. The coming. end is nigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hundred percent, and um, you know, like even yesterday, like we'll get to it with Roddy match, but it's like where were they? You know. They were banned. Daniel no, no, but so, so was Adam Cole. But like normally, Jericho, like you, you'd think that Jericho. Uh, you even, I think you even said it on your stream last night after the show. Mm-hmm. It was like your actual expectation was the finish to be the other way around. Of yes, uh, yeah. the JAS would have been the ones waiting outside. You know, mm-hmm. um, have you? And I know, I know they were banned and stuff, but usually there would be some sort of. It's better that they're antics, dumb, though, you know? right? Like if you actually think like no, I'm not even doing that as like a beer, it's like when Jericho yeah, walked out the building <laughs> and he flexed and said, Are you scared of the demo god? <laughs> it's way better that Jericho had no he had no understanding of the plan he was walking into. Yeah, you know? like, that's yeah one, one million percent. Well, yeah. I mean yeah. I think you guys are like maybe talk, maybe Chris Jericho just respects legal counseling, like legal stuff. He <laughs> the contract. Well he found a loophole. <laughs> they were breaking the contract. Yeah, true. I hope that I hope that uh, helps clear things up for you, man. You know, Darren Walker again, five pounds. Watching Karen Jarrett make her debut pop me like seeing Stone Cold in the late nineties. Real, that's real. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Darren. That's real. Karen Jarrett, man, performer. It was an appearance. It was. Showtime Spurs five dollars. What do you guys think about a Jungle Boy heel turn in this match? This is where, so I don't think it's like inherently bad idea or anything, but this is where the great divide on Jack Perry comes into play because I just, I don't think his current presentation needs fixing. And I know that the two folks to, you know, opposite Charlie and I disagree completely and I get, and that's fine. Like I genuinely think he's in, he's in the right place right now. And I like the way he's, I think it works as an act. Do I think he's a top guy? Not yet, but like he's also super young. 
Um, yeah. I would wait a while for the heel turn personally. Now, again, if they do it, I don't, I'm not going to like immediately dismiss it. It might be good for him, but I think the act works as it is, honestly. I, I said this last night, yeah. and I, I get he has his limitations, but I really, I remain bullish on, on what Jack can do. I think he's better than given credit for at times, you know, and I understand the promo and stuff's got to get there, but I don't know. I'm still, I'm still in the Jack personally. Well, um, yeah. Speaking of promo, my, yes. my answer to that super yes. chat would be, imagine a heel Jack Perry promo and then ask yourself again if you think that would be a good idea, you know. Oh, that, um, too. that was very spiteful. It's, it's true, man. These are the things you got to think. Like, if he's going to be a heel, I imagine what does the Jack Perry heel character like? Of course, they could go anywhere with it. They could fucking make, put him in a mask and a suit or whatever. They could do anything. It's wrestling, but like you know, kind of what you'd expect from a Jack Perry heel character. The things you'd imagine is like, um, I don't think it's something that looks or sounds better than what he's living now. Uh, I think Jack Perry's in an all right place at the moment. Do I see him as a top, top guy, future world champion at this present moment? No, I don't. But as Joe alluded to, he is very young, very, very young at this point. In the ring, he's phenomenal, especially for his age. Um, but yeah, I just think like kind of an all round character stuff and that there is uh, definitely some uh, asterisks and. I want to have warning signs. It's not like he's going to go over the edge and be an absolute shitter or anything. But in terms of, like, if we're talking about future world champions and stuff, and considering he is a pillar, like, I guess that's a conversation that has been had many times. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I can be won over, but I don't know. I don't, to me, this performance he had last night kind of just changed my view of Jungle Jack Perry again. I feel like he does so much better when he's in these matches. Where Money he's every couple months. Well, look, he has performances <laughs> like this, like the cage match or his match with Christian, where he uh-huh. just shows like an intensity that he doesn't show again. Just besides when he's just in these crazy matches, and I just think that he should just like move on and just be this guy where he just he's always like he's ready to go at all times because he he matches it with these guys and I don't know, I, yeah. when he's turning heel, then so be it. And if it means uh, being babyface, oh, don't do that. Just go do what he's doing now. Yeah. Like my idea for Jack Perry would <laughs> would have been him like moving on from the Christian feud and just beating loads of like monsters on the on the um mm-hmm. like on the roster and then winning the TNT title. Like that was where I wanted them to go with him. Yeah, me too. But that didn't happen. But they could still pivot to that again. Like yeah. I wouldn't be against it if he was the one that beat Christian eventually. I do think yeah. someone else could benefit from that, but I think the time the time you're mentioning, I think, was when um it was even before Christian came back. I remember I don't yeah. know if we did the show, but I remember there was a time where he was beating a lot of the bigger guys. Yeah. And there was kind of an online belief that he was gonna take it from Joe. I mean we there was yes. kind of an online perception that's what they were building to. And I'm I still think it's a bummer we didn't get that match because I think they'd really gel well. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But I don't know, I the other thing with Jack too is, as much as he's becoming like divisive online, he's the audience still look, like really likes him. You know? Oh yeah, he, it's a really good reaction. I, I don't know. I, I'm really, I he's think really he good, get, man. Yeah, I think he's gonna figure it out the whole. I honestly yeah. do. I we'll see. Obviously, right? You never there's know. certain there's certain talents. I think like when um one of my friends will say like, oh, so there's a future top guy, and I'll I'll just like scoff and be disgusted, you know. Yeah. Joe's seen it many, many times. I have. Jack Perry, although I'm not there right now, it doesn't. The idea of it doesn't fucking disgust me or anything. Again, yeah. I'll keep saying it. he's so young, 
and the things that he lacks out in are definitely things that we've seen it in we've seen it plenty of times over the years, bro. Like people can become a good promo in like a year, you know, and boom, they're a good promo, and that's like not even one of the flaws in the game anymore. So he's young, you know. He's on TV a lot. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he'll figure some things out. You know, he's really good, man. He's sure. really good. Um, all right, back to Dynamite. Though we had the uh, <laughs> we had the Team Jarrett FTR kind of um segment. Hmm. I remember this is just a big brawl, man. You know, like fucking this. This was good shit. I I enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed these segments with. FTR and Team Jarrett, they've done like two or three. I think I've put for every single one, you know. Yeah. Um, there was the Dax is blind, so I'm pole driving my best friend. Well, not your best friend, but you got one of your best friends. There was the, you know, Team Jarrett at the at the uh, at the farm, which went fucking crazy in the uh, internet wrestling community. Um, and it was last night, which was just like a good brawl. And obviously, we had the, the surprise at the end with the debut of Karen Jarrett. Someone who pops me very much. A woman that uh, us old timers say gets it, you know. She, uh, you know, she, she dropped a couple of low blows. And uh, FDR were hit with guitars that had their names on them. Yep. Fucking, I can't, one of, I can't, I can't remember if it was Dactyl Cash, but Dax. one of them got fucking nailed, Dax, yeah. bro. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, it was brutal, for sure. Uh, uh, Joe, I can imagine you as a fan of this, because, uh, sure. you know, uh, but, but yeah, break it down for us, man. This is, this whole feud has been real graps, and when I say, whenever <laughs> someone says real graps, it's their personal definition of it, and my personal definition of real graps is, like, compelling, exciting, but actually also whole shit. That's part of yeah, the package. The horse shit like, a big important. Part, yeah, you know? like it's insane. Like this bump that sat in took is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! <laughs> like, that the way that he like incredible. the way that he went like a mannequin and like, went back. Yeah, was one of the funniest things <laughs> ever. Full on timber, um, you know. The brawl was actually great. So there's your excitement. Yeah. Like the brawl was awesome. FTR brawl in the crowd. The crowd's reaction was so great too. Right, the chance and the way they fired him up. Um, Lethal going all the way with the like, I would just play Ric Flair on TV thing with the fucking back body drop on the floor and having his clothes all ripped. I mean, the whole deal. Uh, he took a crazy that table bump he took was brutal too. You see why he landed on the chairs? It's brutal. And uh, the brawl was awesome, the people with it. And then you got the Karen Jarrett thing, which I did pop for because I genuinely think that act is like hilarious as is and she's gonna make it somehow funny. Oh, which is yeah, quite the feat. She was great in the um. In the flare last match oh, build, for sure. in the, yeah, in like yeah, the video sure. packages and shit, she, yeah, she, sure. she's awesome. Man. Um, they've made the most, man. You you run through the segments like look, this match is not it's not supposed to be a main event attraction on the show necessarily. And in an ideal world, is your tag title match that? Yes, in an ideal world, it's not a world we live in very often these days. But that is what you know. What I'm saying like that's, but for what this is, I think they've made the absolute most of it. And I think the match is going to be do. a hoot. And it's you know it's gonna be yeah the crowd's gonna love it and the Mark Briscoe stuff will be the whole shit I'm looking for you know that's gonna be mm-hmm. ridiculous in every which way and Mark's yeah. gonna be out there with his referee shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love, yeah. I, I, it's gonna be great. I love it personally. I think it's really fun. So I'm with it. Um, let me let me tell you something, man. Go on, when man, that, tell us something. When that Satnam scene came out, I I, I couldn't see him because he obviously far away. When he got to the ring, I said, "Holy shit, man! This guy is huge." You know, when he, he picked up Dax and, Dax and Cash, I said, they're done. There's no way they can get back from this. Like, I, I thought they were fucked. I was like, 
I was just scared for a minute, like, because Simon was just coming, taking off his clothes, and I said, oh, this is some real shit right here. This is, something's about to go down, and and after he choked slammed him, and then they got hit in the head with the, the guitar, I said, oh, they're done. FTR's ready to lose the title. <laughs> <laughs> I said, build them up. There's, there's only way. <laughs> this, is, this was awesome. I, I was really down on the match being on the pink for you, but now I'm excited. I, I think they're going to have like an awesome match. And then, you know, Mark Briscoe's going to come out with his ref shirt all cut up and everything with no sleeves. <laughs> yeah, there's no cut-up sleeves. And then uh, Karen Jarrett, you know, the great promo in the company now. So this is going to be great stuff, you know. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was real fun, Charlie. I know you're not the you're not the biggest FTR girl in the world, but I know you get your pops out of Satnam and fucking yeah. Satnam and um, the crew. So, what did you think I mean, of this, man? It was fun. Yes. For what this build has been, in my opinion, of almost everyone involved, I've actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Like, it's not been bad. Like. It, it, it's popped me, and I've I've just laughed at most of the segments, which I yeah. guess like that's the goal of most of them. And it is very TNA, and I used to love TNA, so I can't complain really. Like this is the sort of thing you sign up for. But um, yeah, I think the match will be a good time. It'll be a laugh. TNA forever, man. Yeah. Did, did any of y'all think it? Did any of y'all think it was weird after the angle? Because I after the angle, I just I kind of got a weird feeling like. Uh, I don't know if it was like I was just excited for the. the what the are you talking about? I don't know. I, was, I just had a weird feeling. I, I just thought it was weird that FTR went out there. They started the brawl, and they ended up getting their ass kicked. You know. Yeah, no, that, that's just always that happens to baby faces. Yeah, that was the point. It was like it was Karen Jarrett. There was like six of them in yeah. there, bro. I mean, it was the or five. I will say, mm. I think this should have been the go home angle. I think they should have done this next week. Yes. I think they're gonna do. I think they're going to do like the big FTR promo next week where they kind yeah, of, right. you know, promised it. Cause they, they did one online where they were like, you know, we're going to, it's not going to be a match. It's going to be a fight. Uh, I think they're going to do that, but I don't disagree with you. This was a great go home for sure. And they got big heat on the heels. And again, credit yeah. to the crowd. They react exactly as you want a crowd to react to this angle. Yeah. Right? Like they were they genuinely, were a lot of yeah, it was, it was terrific. Absolutely. Mm. Tremendous. Yeah. It's been, it's been a hoot. So, yeah, um, okay, so we had a semi Guevara Derby backstage segment now, I believe. I could be wrong. I hope uh, I hope I've not fucked up so far with my um, my show yeah. rundown, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, Sammy and Derby backstage and I believe this is a problem that Joe referenced earlier with him saying um, you know, uh, Max needs to lose the title, yeah. you know, um, I'm not gonna lie down for him, etc. etc. So um of course we've already kind of um we've kind of already touched on that one. But um, next up we had the women's tag. Which was, fuck, I haven't wrote it down. Um, Tony Shida. Storm and Ruby Soho versus Sheeta and Brit. Brit. Yes. <laughs> Out of all the people I struggle on, it's Brit Baker, <laughs> the biggest star in the division. Incredible stuff by myself. Um, I enjoyed this. I thought, I thought they, um, for what it was, again, which, um, you know, in, on a show which had two free matches that were meant to be the matches that were meant to be like the big work rate, you know, cage match, fucking Tony Khan pops, you know. Um, yeah. This definitely serves its purpose and then some. The crowd was into it throughout, which is always an achievement when um, an AW women's match is on in the middle of the show because um, 
Lord knows their live crowds can be a bit brutal during those, but for this one, it was good. Usually it helps when you've got Britt Baker and your Tony Storms and your Soraya's just out there, you know. Um, but yeah, this, this was good shit, man. Um, Sheeda, man. Sheeda's fucking awesome, actually, you know. Um, yeah. We say it every time she's on TV, she needs to be on TV more because we just, you know, you can't get enough Sheeda. She is one of the few people that I wouldn't mind seeing literally every week, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, what did you think of the tag? I thought it was, like, one of the better tags they've done because we've seen, like, what, six different renditions of these teams so far, yeah. like, in these mm-hmm. tags ma- tag matches. And I I thought it was good. Like, I like the fact that they're consistently not putting the women in, like, the death slot, like, the last match before the main event now. Um, I think it's just, like, this story, now that Sheeda's back and it's, like, starting to pick up again, it's doing good things for the women's division. And I think it will only come out as a positive in the end. But yeah, I had a good time with this. It was a good time. Manny, um, like I said, the crowd seemed into this. Uh, can you can you can confirm or deny from your live experience at the show? This was a very pro Sheeta crowd. We all loved her. Um, everybody's going to do a bit. I didn't really see this match because... Uh, there was a lot of stuff going around me that I'm not going to say what happened. But, uh. What, 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 well, hold on. <laughs> you're like an AEW Dynamite show, not a fucking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking well, I, like using some dark placement, bro. <laughs> during this match, I was in a dark. It was, it was really dark where I was sitting around this place, around this time, so. Right. I mean, I, there's some stuff. I, I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff I was hearing during this match. And the guy right oh. next to me, the guy right next to me, kept oh, like, okay. the guy kept looking oh, at me. Oh, I remember now. Manny, you can say these things. You were set by a bunch of perverts. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. It happens. It shows, sort of like, It's not cool, but, you know. I, I thought yeah. there was some sort of fist fights around him, Manny. He sounded so <laughs> he sounded so. Bro, I didn't know like, what direction yeah. he was going to go in. <laughs> until, I? Um, Bro, I, was sitting, I was sitting next to a guy I was talking to before the show, and he had he only watches, like, WWE, and he only the only AEW he's ever seen was... The first ever show on TV, and then he came and he's in Austin because they're in Austin, and we're just talking. He kept asking me stuff throughout the show, and he kept, oh no, he kept, he kept, no, 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 it wasn't him. He kept looking at me because the guys behind us kept saying some of the craziest stuff, and he kept distracting us from the match. And he says, "Bro, people say this kind of stuff," and like, fucking sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, wrestling one... fans are a different breed. I should have, man. I should, I should have known something was up when. Uh, he looks at it. He he sees uh, them come out. and He says, "Where's Jamie Hayter? I thought this was a six man tag." And then <laughs> I feel and he's like, "I felt robbed." And then I, I was then after that, I was like, oh, "I can't understand." Nobody's on Twitter all day, you know. You know, nobody's gonna know. And then as soon I realized quickly what kind of fans these guys were. As soon as uh, yeah. the match starts, yeah. Nasty business, man. So I, need back, I need to go back. I need to go back I need to go back and rewatch it because from really what good. I did see, it was pretty good. It really was. Yeah, um, it was a good time. I think was it last summer? There was a tag last summer on Rampage, I believe. It was Jamie and Britt versus I want to say Tony and Ruby. Um, and it was last summer, and it was like the start of this kind of quiet trend in the AEW Women's Division, where Britt Baker is in like consistently really exciting and fun tag matches. Now yeah. a lot of that is. She obviously, her partners have always been Jamie Hayter, in this case, Hikaru Shida. <laughs> but she's genuinely fun in the tag she's team. She's a good tag like, wrestler, yeah. yeah. She's a good tag wrestler. And uh, Ruby Soho is like, 
I feel like it's so under the radar what a job she's done with this outcast act. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with Soraya, and Tony's great, you know, especially in ring. But to me, Ruby has served as like the perfect glue for this act. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, it's not the four horsewoman. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not the NWO. <laughs> but it, for what it is, I think it's become a, like a decent TV act, and I think Ruby is a big part of that because she's like the middle ground between Soraya and and Tony. You know, like. She can. She's both a promo and a worker, and she's she's just such a versatile wrestler. I think it's going under the radar what job she's done with this. And Tony was on here, wasn't she? My God, she was. Yeah, she looked she, really good. Yeah. yeah, she was revved up for this one. So this was good. I liked it a lot. It was. Um, like I said, man, it was a good time. The crowd was into it, which is always an achievement. So, um, yeah. Next up, we had Tony Khan's announcement, and his announcement was that um, you know it's just kind of a little bit more. Following from what we got at the upfronts earlier on in the day with the announcement of AW Collision, um, of course he announced that again, and then he gave us the first few dates for AW Collision. The first one, which is the interesting one, June seventeenth, mm-hmm. the one reportedly in Chicago, the one reportedly with CM Punk on, um, that wasn't announced. <laughs> it wasn't no. announced. It was just June seventeenth is going to be the kickoff. Um, most would assume that that was supposed to be announced last night and will be announced next week. Uh, as Tony said, there will be an announcement next week. And um, so, yeah, so June 17th, like I said, to be announced, but reportedly in Chicago in the CM Punk uh, re-debut. Um, that's the first Collision episode. Then we've got June 24th in Toronto, June 29th in Hamilton, which is the Thursday taping. Um, July 8th, Regina... July 15, Calgary, July 22, newer. So, um, get your tickets, people. <laughs> so, Monty, yeah. all the shows are on Saturday besides that one Thursday one, right? Yeah. Yes. So is it always going to be live or is it going to be taped sometimes too? Because did they ever seems, say that in the presser? Or? Seems like mostly live. Mostly mm. live, but they'll be taping on a Thursday when yeah. they need to. Yeah, there's definitely mm-hmm. you can talk about the Thursday. Yeah, because. Apparently it's not cheap. It's a lot cheaper to do it if they do like a Wednesday and Thursday taping in like yeah. the same building or something like that. So yeah. um, obviously that obviously makes like a lot of sense. You ain't got to be a business mastermind to figure out how that would be cheaper. So um, you know we'll see. We'll see how those tapings all go and what sort of rhythm they get into with these live tapings and the shuffling around they've been doing with um, the Ring of Honor tapings, of course, the Rampage tapings, the Dark tapings we assume to come back soon. You know, um, we don't expect them to be dead forever. So, you know, um, well, like I said, we'll see, we'll see what sort of uh, flow he gets into. So, yeah, that was the TK announcement. Go to that one. When they announced this, uh, there was a little few CM Punk chants going on. But then, uh, of course, by where and uh, where I was, like towards the corner, there was a couple United Center chants too. So I mean, you know, it's in the chance. Yeah, it was so (laughs) crazy. crazy. Shout out for wrestling. You know, I was like, who just chants United Center? In Austin, Texas. (laughs) Oh, it was, um, different period. All right, so um, right next up on Dynamite, we had uh, this incredible Falls Count Anywhere match between Roderick Strong and Chris Jericho. Um, like I said, this, this was great, man. Uh, literally from the first seconds, Roddy starts this match like he was shot out of a fucking cannon, you know. <laughs> um, 
He was just like he immediately he immediately sets in like seconds into his first singles match, like the animal that has been let out of the cage in Roddy Strong. Just like he, he, his intensity, his strikes, he's just fucking just he's wrestling, you know, as dumb as it sounds. Like he's just he's awesome, man. Um, and uh, it started off being quite like the brutal um, striking affair, heavy hitting, you know, um, a few suplexes, bait backbreakers, stuff like that. And then, you know, we kind of, it, it slowly, as they go around the arena, becomes like this entertainment-based... Mm-hmm. This, this was a really good time, man. Uh, a great first singles match with Roddy Strong. Pretty much as good as they get, even by AEW's st- uh, standards for a first singles match. Um, but yeah, man, Joe, this was a very victorious match for you, man. You know, big victory. What... Break it down for us. I know that you loved it, but well, touch on it a bit more for us. A lesser man than I would take a victory lap. You know, they would explain they were right all along. They would point, they'd point to the head like Arn Anderson in 1990, you know, but I'm, I'm better than that, as we know. So I'm not going to do that because, quite frankly, this is what everyone should have expected because it is the most Roderick, string, Roderick Strong thing possible in that he went out there and just went fucking nuts. That's what he does, you know? Like, he's, it was... I, I truly, we talked about this last night, so anyone who watched the preview show will know, there's like, none of us were surprised to see Jericho give him this match either, right? Like, you knew this was going to mm-hmm. happen. And we'll, I want to get to Jericho in a second because he honestly deserves a lot of praise for this also. But Roddy's the story because, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't aware of just how special this dude is. They've seen it, but they haven't focused on it because he's not the most dynamic personality. And often there's other people that are the centerpiece. And that's fine. That's the way it should be. That's the way wrestling works. But, I think people with this run are going to finally like, you know, come to appreciate who this dude has been now for pretty much 20 years. Roderick Strong has not wrestled a singles match before this since I believe September last year. <laughs> you know, Jesus. he's an animal. Like, and it's like, you know, the, the big rant that I had a few weeks back, I understand it. Like it would very much seem performative and it was to an extent clearly, but I was being sincere and saying like, guys, get ready. This dude's going to go nuts. You know, like this is the first run of his whole career that he's going to be consistently in front of arena crowds. His whole career, you know? Like, he's going to have a full-time run in front of arena crowds. That's never happened in Roddy's career. Imagine the effort and the, 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 the you know, the uh, just the, the motivation to make, it, to make it matter, to make it count. And, and that's what you saw here. He was absolutely incredible here. He hasn't slowed down a bit. It's insane to me. The guy was beat he's up. A, he's he's, he really is. He's a freak. And the one thing I do want to say before we get to Jericho, and I apologize, folks, but it's like... I've seen so much of this, and I do want to quickly speak on it. If you cover wrestling in whatever form, and in Roderick Strong, you just see like, oh, he's just another work rate guy and kind of shrug your shoulders. I think you're doing yourself a disservice because you're like refusing to like understand and acknowledge what you're watching. You know, I'm not saying Roderick Strong is a world champion or a top guy in AEW because I don't believe those things to be true. But I'm telling everyone who likes professional wrestling to at least try to appreciate how great a wrestler this guy is. He's not just a dude, man. Like, this dude's yeah, a monster. He's far from it, yeah. He's a, he had classics, again, 20 years. He's still that guy. He's better than ever in a lot of ways in terms of his presentation. He feels more like a TV star than ever, you know? He's never mm. going to be The Rock, but he, he feels better now than ever <laughs> in that regard. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just think, I think he's really special and I hope you appreciate it. And before I pass it yeah. to someone else, Chris Jericho is nuts. To, to, for him at 52 years old as a, as a Hall of Famer, multiple Hall of Fame careers, to watch Roderick Strong and say, you know, give me some of that. Like, 
put everything else aside, I have a great deal of admiration for the way Jericho approaches the industry in that regard. I think it's, I think it's very impressive. And he gave Roddy a lot of room, and Roddy took, took advantage of that room and went nuts. And it was awesome. Man. Wonderful match. As you said, a match of two halves. Um, it'll be in the match guide, to say the least. I thought it was terrific. No, it's at, at the very least. No. Yeah. But yeah, even just to quickly touch on what you said about Roddy Stock, I think, um, you know, I think it's, like I said, it settled in very quickly. This ain't just another guy, you know, the, the, yeah. the flying knee, the chops, the forearms. He, he, he fucking, he started the match all over Jericho, fucking. Aubrey nearly caught a forearm herself. Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. like Aubrey got in the way, like, she weren't ready for the animal got, that got left out of the cage, man. Um, Manny, I know you're a big Rod Strong guy as well. One of the biggest. Um, what did you make of this huge victory for him? This is going to counter what Joe said about he's not a world champion or whatever. <laughs> but soon after, the, after, the, after the match, I started, I, love you. Yeah, I started screaming, jumping. He's going to beat MJF. He beat Jericho. He's going to beat MJF. <laughs> That's and, incredible. I will and, say, that match would be awesome, Manny, though, right? Be fair, yeah. but carry, carry on, brother. It's like his, we, uh, after the match, we're giving each other high fives. Like, that gift I posted yesterday with Mike Tanay. And... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fucking dog for all time. And then they we were giving each other fives that little section section we're in. And then I was on my feet as soon as the match started. I I hit seeing him hit that first knee on Jericho and then him running back and forth almost taking Aubrey and then just chopping it away. I was like, Oh, this is electric. And I can't like the match felt so much longer, but then after the show I went on cage match to, you know, rate the match. And uh I realized how high the rating was and it was only yeah. 13 minutes, I think. Yeah. The shock because not in a bad way. It felt longer than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, everybody was on their feet the whole time, even when they were in the concourse. Every, like, everybody was mm-hmm. just and everything. Because usually when I've been in, uh, again, when I forgot which other brawls I've been in. And uh, they, uh, usually the crowd sits down. But with this match, they stood up and then. Mm-hmm. Everybody got scared when Roddy threw Jericho over the uh, stairs. Yes. Because everybody, yeah. everybody thought he just killed Jericho. And I'm not the only one who said that. I went back and rewatched it because on TV, Taz thought the same thing. And um, I do want to I, I do want to mention real quick about the commentaries. This was so awesome because this felt like the first time Taz has ever seen Roger Strong. Yeah. For sure. When he when he lit Jericho up with the first knee, he couldn't believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Him. He he was saying something, right? And like he stopped him, so like, well, hold on. <laughs> he just blasted him. Yeah, he was just tatted. <laughs> same thing with the forearms. He was just like, he was just eating him alive, and Taz couldn't believe how stiff this guy was, like, yeah. you know, watching him. And oh, Taz was popping. Um, mm-hmm. Taz was probably like, he was like, oh, I can, I could probably, if I was a little bit younger, I could have done something with him, but you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, 100%. I, it was like it was probably it was probably the best match I've ever seen live, and I only I've been to a few Dynamites and I've been to one Ring Warner show, so like this is like awesome. Bro, I, every time I see Jericho in these matches, like, I always I always want to count him out. Cause I'm like, oh, he doesn't have in him because he always like you know because he has a spurts where he does really great matches and he just kind of just he's like yeah. average. But when he's in there with a guy that's as physical as him and stiff. He just takes it to a whole nother level when he doesn't have to be doing it. For sure. And he probably could have made the call, says, no, Tony, I'm not going to put Roddy over. But he decides, that, yeah, I'm going to put him over. It's one of the coolest things. And just Roddy getting that val- validation on TV 
like, oh, I just beat Chris Jericho on national TV. It's one of the coolest things. I'm never going to forget it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this was a very, very great first singles match, as I keep saying. Charlie, I know you I'm, like a bit of Rod Strong, you know. Yeah, I'm a fan. I just think that people need to stop doubting Jericho when it comes to, like, these big match situations. Because, mm-hmm. like, yes, some of, like, the singles matches didn't hit the way we wanted them to. But, like, when it comes to stuff like this, he always, like, gives his all to it. And he gives so much to his opponents. And, like, you guys have basically said it all, but... Roddy Strong was nuts here. And, like, like the pinfall, like, attempt on the stairs popped me. Because I was like, I don't even know how that works. But that's just great. Um, it was just, it was such a good time. And, like, the chops, like, when they were stood on, like, the steel steps, it was all just great. There were so many moments in that match that you could call, like, the moment of the match. It was great. Mm-hmm. They they found the time. And, Manny, I'm glad you brought the run time because I didn't even know that. And I've watched it a couple of times. But I didn't even, you know, I just didn't check it. But what also stood out was Jericho still had the time for his, like, the stuff you'd expect Jericho to do in a match like this, right? Jericho always has these, like, cute little set pieces where he does, it's kind of comedy. And it worked really well here because whenever they went too far in, like, the entertainment direction, Roddy could just hit him and immediately it felt like a fight again. But Jericho's stuff, like, I thought it was placed well. And again, the finish, like, Look, I know Jericho's comedy is not for everyone. I'm not claiming he's Bill Burr or anything, but like that, he that was hysterical. Him and him, him on the finish, like him flexing and being like, "You're, you're scared of the demo god." Like he, he was so like triumphant, you know, like he'd conquered. It was it was tremendous. So uh, it was really it was a perfect marriage in that regard. Like it was they had their comedic moments with it with Jericho, but it felt really physical. And the crowd was getting the crowd that was following them was getting like intense yeah. with it. You know, it was visceral. It was crazy. Uh, the uh, two more things. Uh, the first thing I'm gonna say is everybody got everybody started cheering when Jericho picked up that white sign. We had no idea what that was in the mm-hmm. crowd until the camera zoomed in on it. We saw the big screen and says Vince for his ratings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> everybody popped at that. And then uh, bro, I I love when guys like when animals and they just like instead of using weapons, their hands are their weapons, and they just beat the hell out of each other. I think to mm-hmm. me that's more awesome than using weapons because using to me using weapons that kind of feels kind of cheap sometimes so them using their hands to brutalize each other did more to me than if they when they started using the weapons you know because the weapons were just props for them just so they can light each other up again which was absolutely ronnie was just like chopping his back too you saw that he's nuts man yeah it was it was beautiful beautiful bit of business um Speaking of which, we had another one of those in the very next match. We had Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Rouge, which I thought was a great match. Um, yeah. Jack Perry did get the absolute shit kicked out of him, and he didn't like get the um, he didn't get like the craziest of comeback spots, you know, and uh, momentum shifts in that in that respect. And Jack Perry did win by you know it was a roll up and he grabbed the tights, and you know considering he's fighting for the title like next weekend or whenever it is, like this wasn't the best way of making him look like a strong competitor for it, you know, but again, my God, it was a, uh, it was a really great match. Nonetheless, you know, um, Rush is a fucking animal, bro. He's, yeah. he's built different. There ain't, there ain't many pieces of shit like him out there, you know, um, he's such a piece of shit in the ring that like, I would struggle to think that he's not one in real life, you know, like, yeah. um, Agreed. <laughs> he's that good. 
You know, mm. I know, I know, I know. There's all the stories and the reputation that he came to AEW with and stuff about him being a bit, you know, let's say awkward. You know, um, <laughs> but I mean, as in like he has like this real sinister, just, believable, yeah, just yeah. just horrible person. You know, um, Monty, did you see the video of him? He posted before the match where he was promoting it when he's on the horse. He sounded <laughs> no, I did it. not see this. <laughs> he was on a white horse, like Wait, yelling into the camera. To everybody watches it. You mess with the boy, you get the horns. And he said, "No pasa nada." <laughs> you were right about Rouge, man. I, I've watched Rouge obviously for a while because I saw his his Ring of Honor special. Before that, I'd only seen bits and pieces. But like, Manny was was all in immediately on the AEW run, and I was kind of I wavered for a bit because because look, we all love Rouge, but he can be. There's different versions of Rouge, right? Like, there's a version of Rouge where he clearly doesn't give a fuck, and he's, it's fun, but it's not much more than that. But there's the last few times I've seen him in a match of significance, he's been this guy, and this guy is an animal. This guy's, I mean, putting this right after Roddy, the only conclusion you could draw as a true oh, sicko was they need to wrestle. Yeah, they need to wrestle. Like, it was so obvious that honestly, I wouldn't care. They just threw a graphic up, you know? Like, just, tell, just tell me I'm getting him. I don't care. Like, it's, it was yeah. that apparent. So, yeah. It was, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, watch, like I, in my head, I said, how are these guys going to match what happened before? And they decided we're just gonna brawl again, and I'm just gonna make Jungle Boy bleed all over the place. And I thought he murdered Jungle Boy. I thought he was paralyzed, and I was like, "Oh man, Bruh. I hate, I hate how this is over for Jungle Boy." But then I was like, "They're gonna call the match." And Bruce just got him up. He just picked him back up and threw him to the ring, and just being the oh, the, the hell out of him. The superplex. Yeah. 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 yeah, I just. I, Perry's got so much hair, it looked like he landed on his head. Yes. But if you watch it, he, he landed more on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. It was, all right. it was, was a, a great spot, though. There was a girl behind me. She let out like a murderous scream when that <laughs> That's real grabs. <laughs> yeah. So, the uh, female demo, they love Jack Perry. They want to yeah. see him hurt. You mean yeah. he's not targeted at dudes that do wrestling podcasts? Is that what you're telling us, Charlie? Is that the... <laughs> Why? I think wow. I think I think I've cracked the code of why he's so surprised <laughs> <to> online. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, uh, I, I was like, go on, Matty, kick out, mate. No, I, was saying, I, just, I thought it was also funny after the match where after he beat up Jungle Boy, he decided to beat up the rest of the guys that are in the world title match. <laughs> and, he, and I, I don't, I don't know what who other what other Booker in history would do that besides Tony Khan, where just have Roosh beat up everybody. <laughs> And just like walk That's off great. like nothing happened, but Tony's a real one for that because that was awesome. I'm telling you, we're Roosh gonna get also, that Roosh MJF match. Roosh also did cut a promo before the show. Did he? Yeah, he came out here and then it was called Jose. Jose came out, started saying that Austin people don't know they're not real Mexicans or whatever, something like that. And then Van, then Vance came, Vance said something about the Sooners. And then Roosh just came out and just cut his promo in Spanish, and the crowd just started cheering for him. And then you know he sent us home. Yeah. He sent us home happy before the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got you fired up for it. Jack Perry, the uh, you know white meat baby face, as uh, Joe always says. Uh, yeah, we're a big fan of this. Um, there was the angle after the match as well with, uh, you know, the rest of the three pillars. Uh, Roosh was kind of beating down on um. Jack Perry after the match, and the others came out, and they got a few licks as well, and you know, and basically ends up with the the three pillars all kind of um, 
you know, that, that the kind of had a moment of, you know, kind of like a respectful nod of, all right, you know. <laughs> like, um, I don't know quite how to explain it, but it worked for whatever they were trying, it felt like. Um, yeah, Joe, what did you think of this like whole ordeal, man? This is why I was not like negative on the prior Sammy promo, because I think the rest of this stuff worked. Um, now, when I say it worked, I don't mean that they're going to do a you know, 300,000 buy rate or whatever, and it's good, but I do think people like this. And I think this is where, just to circle back slightly, we talked about this before we went on the air, Monty, but I I didn't have a problem with the way Jack was presented because to me, this pillar's angle is not about they're the four best guys in AEW so much as it is about they're like the way they're all connected with one another, whether they want to be or not. That's what the story is about. Now, let me be clear. If you don't like that story, fair. I understand a lot of people don't. I'm not even like, I don't even love it. But I guess what I'm getting at is, um, the, you know, the point being that I don't think it undercut Jack at all to not get like a dominant win against Roosh. You know, to me, it's like, that's not the point. It's just, this is, that's who Jack is as a wrestler. And he did something that was very uncharacteristic for the finish, right? Which was important in the sense that he showed an edge after trying to fight the good fight. He showed an edge and kind of took a shortcut there, which seems interesting for the pay-per-view build, especially while Sammy is going in the other direction. Um, So I think the build got more interesting this week. And I like the hook of, you know, Max, uh, he's not just kind of outnumbered. He's, He's, he's doomed here, right? His plan has completely backfired, and I thought I've always pretty effective the way he put this together. So, I will again, I've always a positive week for the Pillars deal. It may not be a smash hit by any means, but I think they've had a good few weeks with it. I've enjoyed it the last few weeks. Mm. You any more excited for the uh, Pillars main event, Charlie? Um, yes, I think so because like I've kind <laughs> I'd kind of just accepted that it was happening, but. Like the last couple of weeks, I've been like, okay, it's gonna be a good main event. Like, well, it's gonna be a good match. Like, yeah. there's no denying that all four guys they can wrestle really well and they have good chemistry together. Um, but I, I feel like the the build has like improved the last couple of weeks, especially. This is another angle I thought. Why wasn't this the go home angle? Like, why didn't we do this next week? I thought there there was like a couple of that this week, but um, I'm I'm more excited for it now than I was when they first started the story. So yeah, that's a positive. Oh, yeah, there's some progress, you know. Um, but yeah, after after this segment, MJF did not seem very happy. He was asked for comment by Renee and he just looked dead in the face and smacked the wrong phone out of a out of a um, out of a hand. And uh he got on with his day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Obviously, you know, I'm not going to say Charlie's right, you know. Um, that'd be quite spiteful. But I, I'll always say this about MJF, and I get it's part of his charm and why people like him, but he's almost like this cartoonish, like, um, charismatic villain, you know. Um, he's super charismatic and kind of loud, and he's actually, like, quite ironically likeable. Do you know what I mean? Um but like you see when he's like when he's shown glimpses of it and he'll do it like once every feud, which <laughs> but you know, sometimes he'll show glimpses of being like a lot like darker and sinister. Yeah. And um, yeah. that's something that really interests me. And if uh, MJF is committed to being a heel long term, um that is something I'd like to see him tap a lot, lot, lot more into and be just kind of like a just this you know, just a sick piece of shit, to be honest, instead of like the um yeah. 
the cartoony, playfully wink, wink. I'm a heel stuff that he for seems sure. to be, um, which it works for him. Of course, it's what it's what's got him to the dance so far. Um, 100, percent it works. But just kind of, um, it'd be interesting to see if he could uh, go down that route I mean, and how yeah. what he'd do with it. Because I'm sure he'd be great. You know. I also I do want to shout out the uh, as of late there's definitely been an increase in the or a change at least a very slight shift in how they're using Renee. Um, they're like really emphasizing that she is like covering every which story she can get her hands on. She's like jump going left and right and like you know we're sitting against Renee. She's on the. I think it's really like a, a nice little addition to the show. It's kind of it's not like you know super overt. It's not too much by any means. Um, but I've her sell of the MJF thing was like so perfect yeah. because of course she's just terrific at those things. And it's still like when we do these, re- you know, these review shows, obviously we're often focused on the talent she's interviewing. But I really think, especially as of late, like she's added a lot to this show. Increasingly yeah. each week mm-hmm. it's more apparent. So <clears throat> it's awesome. worth bringing up. Yeah, absolutely. She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, all right. Next up we had the uh, main event match, um, which was Ricky Starks, Versus Jay White. Jay White's, um, it's, it's by no means his first match in AW, but it's like his first big kind of yeah. featured, heavily featured singles match, you know. And, um, one, things that I, one of the things that I really like about both men when it comes to in ring work, they're both very much men of detail, you know. Um, they love the little things, you know, um, whether it's a slight body gesture when they're selling, whether it's, um, Jay White, Jay White talking his shit to the crowd and just kind of, um, you know, picking body part and working on it and that sort of Like I said, two men of detail. Ricky was selling great. Jay White was very much working a Jay White match. Um, I really enjoyed this. I liked it quite a lot from start to finish. Um, I know that the start wasn't like the most exciting, but that's 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 the Jay White formula, you know. Um, he lays his foundations for those great finishing stretches that you know that he's known for. You know, um, I liked it a lot. Joe, what did you think? Yeah, I'm, I was big. On, I mean, I think everyone, you know, if you watch these shows, you're not surprised that I like this match because these are two of my favorite guys, and I thought they would be a good fit because of the reason, you know, the reasons you talked about. Um, I'm, you know, I popped Monty last night with a text, but I'm unwavering on the Ricky Starks thing. I'm just, I'm convinced. I, I'm. Doubling down, tripling down, better or worse. Oh, the text um, was. Um... This was funny. This was really because I didn't understand what one he was talking about. This was very funny. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Well, I can't even remember what it was. It I was said, like, uh... I, got it, I, got it. I said, I said, Ricky Starks is the real deal, and I'm tired of pretending otherwise. And then I went, I was on the air doing a stream, and Monty texted me, You don't. Oh, what the fuck is Monty doing? He said, You don't pretend otherwise. I said, Oh, yeah, true. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was spot on. Um, no, like I, you know, I'm a big fan. I, I like the way he, I think his approach to the industry is uh, is refreshing in a lot of ways. But I'll leave that there and move on. Um, I thought the match was really, really well done. I I don't have a problem with the finish. If you do, I totally get it. But you know, I'm consistent in that regard. Like I'm not. I, it doesn't bother me personally. DQ finishes, like to me, it's part. Oh of yeah, the DQ finishes. They've definitely got their own like stigma with them. And of course, yeah, I didn't mention that it ended in a DQ. I was gonna go kind of um. They're separate. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but um, like, you know, we, we haven't got them all the time in the world. But yeah, it was a DQ finish. I guess um, this was definitely one of the matches where it was split 50 50 in terms of predictions of who was going to win. Um, mm-hmm. You couldn't really see a last benefit in either of them. And now that's not to excuse just, just do a DQ. But like sometimes there is ways oh. that you, it kind of makes more sense than not to do a DQ. 
Like, like, if, people, if people hated it, I get it completely because it is unsatisfying. It's just, I've said a million, like a million times over, I've said it's one of those things where it's like, if you do it, you know, infrequently, I think it's okay. Yeah, um, man. Also, on the flip side of that, it's like, um, yeah. there's, if you're going to, if you're going to make that decision and do that as a finish, try make it as good as possible. I thought this yeah, wasn't the great, yeah, I was, I was going to say, this wasn't like the greatest DQ finish I've ever seen in my life. It was no, very, no, uh, I agree. A DQ, you know, just a DQ finish. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that definitely could have been like uh, tied up a little bit better, but inherently, right. just kind of just the fact that it ended in a DQ doesn't like offend right. me or anything like that. Um, Charlie, what did you think of this match? Because um, I'm really quite interested to see where you're at with it all. Yeah. I'm not like the biggest Ricky fan, but I thought they worked really well together. Um, the DQ finish, like, I don't get it. Why didn't you just wait to the pay-per-view to have the match unless you mm-hmm. wanted to put a stipulation on it, which I guess they could still do. But it's like you could have just had a live promo segment and then they brawled and then did a like a stipulation. I don't know. But I guess mm. we're going to see it again at the pay-per-view because of that finish. Maybe. But, I don't know. I enjoyed the match for what it was outside of that, though. I thought it was good. Good time. Manny, uh, definitely... Not the biggest Ricky Starks fan in the world, and you know, yeah, I know you're a fan of Jay White. What did you think of this being there live in the flesh? Um, I was shocked at how over Jay White was, and yeah. uh, and I thought this was gonna be like, I was like, oh man, man, these guys are gonna be like the Jay White crowd, and then when Ricky came out, every, everything exploded for him. And then I thought, I thought the beginning of the match was kind of boring. I was like, oh man, come on, like. No way, Jay White's like going down to this level, and then uh, <laughs> that is a good joke. <laughs> and I during the you guys heard the dueling chants, right? Switchblade, yes. and then yeah. For some reason, I thought they were chanting uh, "Ricky Stark sucks." I said, like, "God damn, bro, they turned on." Yeah, people, like, people in the group chat for you were saying Ricky sucks. Yeah, and that's what I thought too. I was like, man, like brutal for Ricky, man. His hometown just turned on him. And no, uh, they were just out of sync. And uh, long, uh, as long as the match went, as long as the match went, it was uh, became really good. It just became like one of those Pat and Jay White epic, you know, uh, ending sequences where he had a counter for everything, and he mm-hmm. to get into the to the Blade Runner, and um, it was just awesome. The D, the DQ finish was kind of weird because he waited till the ref looked at him and then just did like the weakest chair shot, yeah. hit him with. And um, I don't know. I think you're probably gonna run it back, and when they do run it back, I'll pay for you, Jay White. I hope you pull it out for the real ones. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun show all around. You know, I, I will go back to Dynamite when they come around again. And um, AEW is not dead. Oh wait, no, there's, oh. there's another main event. I forgot. We appreciate the words, though, man. You know. Uh, Manny, Manny is officially announced. Manny officially announcing that AEW is not dead for the AEW fans that love to know. Yeah, you know, breaking good. news here on the West Jewish podcast every Thursday. Um, you've seen that happen on the show, haven't you? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, all right. So, uh, next up, we had Don Callis. We here from Don Callis. I've never and, um, seen someone get booed into the building. <laughs> It was incredible. The the video stream was a nice touch, right? That was a really yeah. nice touch. Yeah, yeah everybody, yeah. everybody really genuinely hated him. And I was like looking around, and I said, "Oh, I should probably start booing too." And I just started, <laughs> I started booing. 
And I started doing the... He got pressured uh, into booing. Yeah. Uh, Man, he thought he was, was going to get jumped. He thought he was going to get jumped. Yeah, be some... I, used to, I was like, I, I was, a part of me was like, I don't want to play interviews. Everybody seemed like they genuinely hate him. And then, like, everybody started booing him. And I was just like, fuck you, Callus. And I started trying to do this chat and all that. And it just started. So it was, it was a fun... It was fun to be in there live for that. <clears throat> it was my birthday. Yeah, um... I'm also champa. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we had the we had the Don Callis thing. He, he makes his entrance. Just uh, no music for Don Callis. Just booze. Just getting the shit booed out of him. Uh, they're playing they're playing a video package of his turn on the Titan Tron as he makes the uh, as he makes a walk down as a Sahiri, etc. etc. Um. Even when Tony Schiavone like fucking introduces him, like of course he does it with a few people, you know. But he just seemed disgusted in the man, you know. Um. And he, Tony Schiavone just simply asks Don Callis why. And he does kind of, um, it always pops me, but we do hear it a lot, you know, from heels and stuff after a mm-hmm. heel turn. And like that, when like, they try to play the victim. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, fuck off, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's real grants. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. But yeah, everyone was booing him. Uh, he got piece of shit chance, fuck you, Callis, all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, Kenny Omega fucking he, he, he can't stand the sight of him out there in the ring. He tries to charge down, he's taking out security, he can't quite get to him, he makes a decent way through them though. Uh, he takes out a few people, but Blackpool Combat Club, they're waiting, you know. They are waiting and um Kenny man. Again, like I was saying earlier on at the start of the show when the butts got jumped, so like God, you know, like another elite guy getting the shit kicked out of him, man, you know. Uh, BDT'd on the ramp, all that sort of stuff. Um, and who, uh, then, yeah, then the Bucks come out and they're all like beat up, you know, and they've got the trash can, you know, and you know, ah, this might, this might even things up, but I'm still waiting for him to still get the shit kicked out of them, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not enough, man. You can have the two by fours and the trash cans, but you know, Moxie, Moxie and Claudio right now, they're, they're some mean men, you know, um, but yeah, of course, um, it's not just those three, is it? It's the return of the Hangman, Hangman Adam Page, um, fitted with an eye patch. He comes and he stands side by side with the Elite. Um, he's handed the barbed wire broom or Kenny Omega. And there they are, man, the Elite back together, full strength. Charlie, Charlie was crying. Um, <laughs> not quite. Almost. The Elite stands were... Uh, the elite stands, you know, arms up in the air, celebrations, champagne popping, yeah. caviar <laughs> dreams, whatever, whatever else Booker T says, you know. Um, and yeah, man, the, the the elite they go down and they take it to the Blackpool Combat Club, and you know they clear them out the ring and they reclaim the ring. And Hangman Adam Page he gets the microphone and he he announces and makes a statement that you know they they're the heart of AEW they're the soul of AEW they're the spirit of the place and they are the elite um, and then announces that double or nothing Anarchy in the Arena the elite versus Blackpool Combat Club sounds pornographic to be very honest but um, if it's anything like the last one which mm. was exactly that. Um, <laughs> This is, um, and you could actually argue that the contestants in this match might even be a, a touch better. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. 
this is this was a great great ending to the show you know um charlie i'm sure there's a few people still here that are absolutely waiting to see what you have to say you've been smiling away i can feel it bursting <laughs> through the screen ever since i mentioned hangman adam page making that walk out to the ramp so yeah man um, tell us how you enjoyed it what you're expecting to see next and all that sort of stuff I've been waiting for this moment for so long now. It's all yeah. I've tweeted about for like six months, which is like kind of ridiculous. But because like they tease the reunion, like with all the trio stuff, then we're not getting into all the post title stuff with that. And then they like finally circle back to it, like after Hangman and Moxie were feuding, and they finally did the reunion and they declared themselves the elite again and it's just AEW feels like AEW again <laughs> like I've <laughs> always enjoyed again. it <laughs> but the feeling's back for me and I'm incredibly biased I'll be the first to admit it like this like I've been following the Bucks for however many years and Kenny and Hangman and it's like I am incredibly biased when it comes to those guys but the feeling really is back and I'm very very mm. excited for Anarchy in the arena and all the stuff that comes after it, because I really don't think that that will be the last like step of this feud. It's really just only ramping up. I think it's good shit. I'm very excited for the future. It's uh, that that feel good wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. The the boys back together, you know yes. that kind of those vibes. Um, the pop that Hangman got that was just <sighs> great stuff. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was uh, it was really great stuff. They all look great out there. Um, shout out to the Blackpool Combat Club. They were fucking great yeah. throughout the show as well. Like even in the brawls and stuff, they're just fucking, yeah. you know, you man. You just <laughs> this he man. It's a good sport, you. man. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a good sport, man. That you kid is, you know. Um, yeah, this was a great ending to the show, Joe. What? Uh, how was you feeling? You know, would you? Uh, Always full of tears, pumping your fist for joy, you know. Or did you no, just I'd... kind of nod, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd already <laughs> cried when when Karen Jarrett debuted, so I'd you know I'd have my oh, time. Fair, fair, fair. But no, it's really this is proper wrestling, and I I mean that you know lovingly. Like this is this sort of thing is timeless. An act that people loved with people that people really truly care about. That's the key thing: care about, you know. Yeah. And getting them the moment they was they kind of wondered when they'd get it, the re, you know the reuniting and the way it was done was very. Um, I mentioned last night it was very Avengers, right? Like the way they give yeah, him, the, that yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. Like, I, I was like imagining it, but, um, fucking yeah, because like, that's not my strong suit by any means. I was, I was like, this is for the fucking Avengers shit they're doing here, and uh, it was beers wonderfully well done. I think even if you'd have done it less perfectly, the people would have loved it because they wanted to see it. So you're yeah. always starting in a good spot because you're going in the right direction. You know, you're not going against the grain bodies. People want this. So that sets you up to succeed. But when you execute it this perfectly, like, you know, it's, it's magical. And it was magical. And how many times in this angle, in this program, have we said, that's one of the best angles AEW's done. That's one of the best segments AEW's done. I mean, we talk about it almost weekly with this program and this feud. And here we go again. Last week, we had a classic cage match and a great turn. This week, we get this just incredible, timeless angle. Um, and to Charlie's point, and like obviously I don't have the connection with the elite that Charlie does, but there is absolutely a truth to the idea and the notion that like the company feels 
far more like it is together and head in the right direction when these guys are central. Like that's undeniable. And this whole angle to me is an, a kind of an ongoing example of what wrestling TV can and should be. Now, look, we understand not every rivalry is going to have this level of talent in it, right? It goes without saying. I mean, these are the all-stars. <laughs> yeah, this, is, cool. this is the elite of the industry, truly. And you know. But, well, you but this, the way this angle is working is far too uncommon these days in the sense that what we're getting is each week there is a development. And there's mystery. We still don't know what Don yeah. Callis' real reason was, right? He was about to mm-hmm. elaborate. And, Charlie, you've got into it previously, and you're much more clued in than I am, but... You know, Don's got something up his sleeve. He's not on either of these teams, it appears. He's going to have his own at some point or another in some form yeah. or fashion. So, there's, right. So, you have ongoing questions. You have actual weekly developments. It's not standing still by any means. There's something happening yeah. every time. It's, it's terrific. It's just, genuinely, I think it's one of the best programs they've done, one of the best rivalries they've done thus far. And it's not even come close to peaking. You know, I mean, good yeah. Lord, Anakin in the Arena with these guys. You give the elite the Anakin in the Arena freedom. I, I've mentioned it elsewhere that that um, the Fools Can Anywhere match they had with the Death with Death Triangle right and the Best of Seven. Mm-hmm. I mean that was what a fifteen minute TV match. You give yeah. them half an hour with the whole venue to explore. <laughs> this thing's going to be incredible. Like, so I I mean it's it's, it's terrific. It's absolutely perfect. Honestly. It's great. It was um, really good stuff. Manny he was in the building again. I understand Kenny got in the mic after as well. But uh, what did you think of this? This uh, ending to Dynamite, and tell us a bit about what the uh, what the elite was saying on the mic after after the show ended. That was all. I thought this whole thing was really done well. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got excited when Hangman came out. I said, "Oh fuck, here we go, man!" <laughs> yeah. I can't. And then when they started brawling, it was awesome. Oh, so bad for you, but you know, always take all those punishments. I thought he was going to have to eat the one-winged angel, too. And I said, oh, this guy's not going to be able to walk again after this. He needed the bookshop, the bookshop area to beat the East Trigger and the angel. I love that when Manny goes to wrestling, he seemingly just convinces himself it's a shoot. <laughs> I mean, truly, I love it. Like, multiple times during the show, Manny was there live. I was like, this guy's fucked. He's never going to walk again, you know? <laughs> 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 that rules. Is that how it's supposed to go? It is. It's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, you got to take it out for a second. And the place erupted when he said, we're the heart and soul. And yeah. everybody started chanting. I think they started chanting the, the Elite, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so. It's the uh, theme music from BTA that they do. Mm-hmm. That, that, was, uh, that was cool. Um, after... I don't, th- I don't know if you guys saw Matt Jackson, or I don't know if you guys saw that Matt Jackson looked emotional on the big screen. I don't know if you guys no, saw No, I don't think we didn't see it, no. Yeah, he, he looked emotional. And then uh, they were saying, I don't know, I wasn't really listening to what they were saying. They were they were going on and on about something. The only thing I caught was uh, Hangman offering him a beer. Can he have your after show? No. He said no. No, it wasn't. Oh, wait, did he offer him a beer? Because the yeah. video I saw, he got like Coke Zeros out for the bucks and like a carton of milk for Kenny. No, yeah, because he offered him a beer at first. Like, oh, this is like a one time deal. Like maybe you just have a beer this one time. He said no, because he, he went on, he did like a Kenny thing. He said no. So he handed the he handed the bucks Coke Zero and then he gave him a gallon of milk. And then, you know, they all cheered. Poor camera, the poor people had to clean up after. Because then Tony Tony came out and says, "Yeah, let them finish cleaning up the mat, and then we'll start with rampage right after that." And 
you know, people were. Huh? And you said I'm going home. Yeah, I said I'm going home. Fair. You, you Fair. got what you needed, you know. Yeah. <sighs> what dynamite! I had a great time. Yeah, man. Oh, well. It was it was really good shit, man. Great show. Um, yeah. Great, great show. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, of course, there was a lot of drama on last night, but it didn't matter, did it? You know, yeah, we yeah. got a great show, and that's what matters in the end. So, um, okay, a few things, super chats, and then we're gonna dive into some news things for about 10, 15 minutes or so, and then we're gonna get out of here like true pros. Ricky starts four ninety nine. No fill on collision means I can have Ibu for myself. Heart and do my voice correct, Monty. Today is a good day. And Joe, you do have a nice shirt. Strike a pose. <laughs> this is not a game I'm willing to play. I'm not even. Not you've, even made, you've made you've made it clear, mate. You know not, you know me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the kind of um, team leader that will try will force you. Uh, I respect out of your comfort, it. So, yeah. I respect it, but I'm just you know. I'll let yeah, everyone respect that. that. You know he can challenge. He yeah. can meet those hurdles weekly. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> You don't do the poses, I don't do the voice. You know, it's, no. uh, you know, <laughs> there you go. everyone's there different. <laughs> Mazfan 84, 199. Dixie Carter in Double J stable. You know, TK so would pop. That, mate, so. yeah. honestly, as a one off, that would be incredible, though. Like, genuinely. That yeah, would be bro, bro, any, any idea did, of like Dixie anywhere near the wrestling business again? Imagine like, they did a lights out spot and it was Dixie Carter. One of the funniest things in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> it would. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, most again, one not and appreciate you very much. Rocky, get Roddy on some of these New Japan cards, bro. Oh, it's not, it's not, that 100%. It's, it's, it's not yeah, Triple A. Yeah, Rush is Triple A. You can't do the. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like the last Super Chat. It's like that Rocky that we're talking about. Oh, Roddy. Oh, I said Roddy. Roosh. Not everything is about Roosh, Manny. It's been a long day. He's had a long day. You know? It's just always about Roosh with this guy, you know? He's, he's losing it, bro. He's washed, you know? He's washed. <laughs> Man in a hoop, man. He was so Brilliant. confident. Not happening. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right I was here. like... <laughs> anyway, we agree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we agree. Uh, ben Dixon, $2. He says, Roddy versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, at Forbidden Door, please. I'm with you. Again, yeah. another co-sign. Um, and Ben Dixon, again. Another $5. Appreciate him very much. Rouge will no sell a shot from Roddy, and the next few shots from Roddy will be nasty. Real, yeah. Yeah. I, I fantasy booked this in Discord last night. I said, I hope this. Of is course, the first. you did. I said, I hope this is the first match they ever do, where they're beating the hell out of each other, and the ref tries to separate them, and they don't. So then they just call like it's a contract <laughs> because they beat the hell out of each other so much, and the ref has to call everybody down. They have to separate them. That's that good shit. Be I like that. <laughs> And then have them do a no DQ, yeah. Okay, no, I'm with that. I would like yeah. to see it. Um, all right, uh, one more super chat. Grief, $5. Appreciate you very much, brother. Uh, to turns on the Elite and joins the BCC at Double or Nothing. And then we get Ibushi debut on the San Diego Dynamite. That's yes. real music. Sounds there good is to significance me. to that because obviously they're in California. 
the week after um, Double or Nothing. And San Diego, the uh, arena they're going to be in, is two hours away from the building that had the Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks match mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, and the Bucks did their tweet of, we like to do big things in our home state. And Listen to this research, people. Some, <laughs> I've put two and two together. Unprecedented and... levels of knowledge. <laughs> right here, yeah. I did the I, I did the tweets about it. Um, Gr- me and Griff are friends. We talk about this sort of shit all the time. Um, so yeah, I think Ibushi will be turning up on the thirty first of May in San Diego. So if it doesn't happen, it's it not my fault. I don't think it would be the most shocking thing in the world. You no. know, it'd be very much a uh, about time moment yeah. if Ibushi got his, <laughs> if we finally got his ass in AEW. You know, Tony, pick up mm-hmm. the phone if you haven't already. You know. Because I'm like, sure he I has, think, though. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll do the time with Takeshita on Double or Nothing, and they'll want that to have room to breathe. So if you immediately bring Ibushi into that, it's gonna overshadow like yeah. the weight of Takeshita turning on the Elite. So I think they're gonna do that, let that breathe for a couple of days, and then Ibushi's gonna turn up. That's my right, so, thinking. Um, moving on, the news, discourse, rumors, gossip, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So of course, yesterday when um, when we was live, that was when kind of like all the A Steel stuff and the reports were kind of all coming out. CM Punk was doing his rants on Instagram, so it was kind of all over the place. He's not like to break it down or like, give an actual real much of an opinion on it. You know, uh, it was it was all over the place. Um, but now that I've kind of like read all the reports, it does seem that the PW Insider one was the most accurate. Obviously, there's been more reports up uh, since then, which we'll get into as well. Uh, the PW Insider one was, from what I understand, pretty spot on, except for like, literally like, the last sentence. <laughs> uh, where I'll just kind of go through the report real mm-hmm. quick. Um, so it starts with, for those that asked about what happened with CM Punk, it was not announced at AEW Collision today. The rumour making rounds is that Punk and AEW are again at odds. Uh, now over the status of the return of A Steel. Um the belief among those that we've spoken to is still was expected to return in conjunction with Punk next month, working behind the scenes. However, the story making the way around backstage in AEW today at Dynamite is that the decision was made that Steel would not be working backstage at the actual collision tapings. As you might imagine, that left Punk and AEW on opposite sides of the discussion, which in turn led to Punk being removed from all the promotional material released for AEW Collision earlier that day. One person believed MJF replaced Punk in a promotional graphic for the series, but we haven't been able to confirm that with multiple sources. We do know that Impact sources noted today that they had interest in bringing in a steal, and when he passed, they basically assumed that it would be because of AW and WWE. Um, and then they make mention of Comic Book reaching out to Warner Brothers Discovery after CM Punk was edited out of some of that promotional material. And when they said that uh, CM Punk was not affiliated with Collision, that's PW Insider added to that um, saying, as of this afternoon, based on what we are hearing, that would be correct. And that's what I mean by like um, the last little bit being, uh, as far as what I understand, not um, not <laughs> that did not seem to be the case at all, you know. And um, this was pretty much confirmed with the latest report from Nick Halsman, who hilariously was the guy that um, <laughs> CM Punk started his presser rant mm-hmm. with, even though it wasn't directly at him. He that was kind of the, the door that CM Punk decided to open to get to his yeah. rant, you know. Uh, 
So Nick Hausman, who um, I believe he still works with Wrestling Inc. I'm not sure if he still does, but he has his own website as well now where he does exclusives, podcasts and stuff like that in his own coverage. And um, probably his biggest exclusive to date since starting the um, website like a month or two ago. It's very new. Um, he basically reported that AEW rehired A Steel months ago. This isn't like a new thing that has just popped up. Um, so uh, let me just pull up the main highlights from said story that I want to bring up. So A Steel was rehired by AEW several months ago, but has not been actively working in the backstage area. Upon his rehiring, he was told he would be working with Tony Khan on some creative in some capacity, but his presence backstage would upset some of the talent. Does not surprise anybody, I don't think, after everything that unfolded. Um, it was previously understood that um, when AEW Collision was about to start and hit the road and debut, that's when Ace would like come back on the road and um, you know and help out doing agenting and stuff like that, especially with CM Punk around. Um, the decision was made on Tuesday that that would not be happening. And CM Punk learned about it shortly after. There was some miscommunication between the lawyers and CM Punk, and CM Punk was pulled from the collision announcement. Um, and then the report finishes with CM Punk is still with AEW, and it sounds like he's motivated and wanting to help the company's growth however he can. Punk's relationship with Tony Khan also appears to be on sound footing, with no issues between the two men and communication remaining open. So, um, of course, the reports and stuff that were coming around and all the ace steel and the arguments and him not being on the promotional material, like a lot of people were kind of like worrying, especially a lot of the fans of Punk got really worrying and, you know, running away with speculation and wondering what's happening. And it was quite, it was funny because like with the, all the announcements yesterday, we was expecting a lot of answers to be, a lot of questions to be answered. And by the end of the day, there was more questions, you know, um, Hopefully, by the end of today, some of those questions have been answered. It does not seem like uh, CM Punk's place on AW Collision is going to be in jeopardy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. The A-Steel part of it is still very interesting. <laughs> very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Of course, we'll get into that. But um, as far as, like, oh, my God, Punk might not show up and, uh, right. oh, my God, Punk's, Punk's done it again, Da-da-da-da. that kind of um, seems to be out the window now and, like I just mentioned in, in the report from Nick Halsman, um, he did a great job with this report. Um, you know, Punk, Punk seems to be, you know, ready to come back and do what he can for the company. So um, let's start with Ice Steel. He bit an EVP. Um, he threw a chair at another one. Uh, but I guess, you know, in... In defence of his friend, whatever. I guess that's what the people, you know. Th- there's two sides to every story, you know. Um, but look, from what we know as the public, you know, this seems to be a very, very, very interesting <laughs> decision made by Tony Khan. Um, Charlie, I'll throw it to you first. Um, it's just. I still. Why, why would you bring him back? <laughs> like, keep on cafe. The public I don't agree with it, like, it, yeah, like the public perception of it's like something mm-hmm. to consider. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't really know what to say. I just don't understand. Yeah. It's fascinating. So, like, um. from what it sounds, he was the worst person in that like whole situation when it came to like the physicality. So, like bringing him back, it's like 
yes, they all got punished because they were suspended and off TV and stripped the belts. But like, what does this go to show for, like, how they deal with situations in the long run? Well, the, yeah, this it, this part of it as well. But like, this is just the latest in a long run of things yeah. when it comes to, uh, you know, if there was a book titled, how does AEW deal with difficult talent situations you know yeah. the book would be a million pages long and <laughs> you'd still be confused by the end of it so yeah. <laughs> you know like i said fascinating and it doesn't surprise me that you are kind of a stump for words on it you know because it is just one of those um i'll throw it to you next joe before manny mm. does his bits you know <laughs> I mean, I it. <laughs> uh, it, charlie's i'm exactly where charlie's i just think it's baffling like Often with things like this, I don't really have a strong opinion. And I don't have a strong mm-hmm. opinion, but like, genuinely, if you just said two weeks ago on one of these shows, oh yeah, Ace is coming back with Punk, we'd all laugh because it seemed like a joke. It seems to go about saying that that part at least would be left kind of where it was, you know? Like, this thing is going to be challenging enough without going through the process of actually this bring back Ace still also, <laughs> you know? Like, and again, we don't, we, we only know, we've heard so many different stories at this point, it's almost confusing. But I don't think it's a hot take to say this was probably a bad idea in every which way from the outset. Um, I know there's been some talk about whose idea it was, which ultimately doesn't matter because Tony made the decision to rehire him and that was always going to cause issues in its own way. But I think the, the real story here uh, is what you kind of got at, Monty, which is that it seems like in terms of collision itself, not much is going to change to begin with. Um I will very look. I'm sorry, folks, to be cynical, but I'm going to believe when I see it in terms of this being like a long term solution. I, I don't <laughs> buy it. I think it's I, to me, it's just you know, like it's delaying the inevitable. To me, this thing's going to blow up in some form or fashion. Um, the A still part of it is just like <laughs> I, I have no idea how that gets through the process it apparently got through about someone being like, Is this a good idea? <laughs> you know, yeah. like what, what is this <laughs> achieving? I, I, it's, it's baffling. Oh, Manny, you uh, you 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 seem to be doing a lot of performance art when A Steel's name was popping up in the reports. At one point, you when you found out that A Steel was uh, actually back in AEW, you said, and I'll quote: "No wonder the last three Dynamites were really good." Um, <laughs> you are Manny the Hooper, and you was doing some Hooperism on the timeline earlier, but. Yeah, let's try and get some real takes from the man, you know. Uh, I wasn't here real takes, you know, Monty. This is what I do. Um, obviously, obviously, the never change. Is, obviously, it's it's kind of dumb you bring him back and all that. It's like, why would you bring like a wave of like destructive force into your locker room like that? Because this guy can go off like, like a bomb at any minute. But uh, <laughs> especially when it's. Especially what he's willing to do for his friend, Punk. Uh, you know, but like, you know, from all we know, is like it wasn't really Punk's idea to bring him back. It was Jericho's, right? That's what they were saying. From like, well, apparently, from I, I know that something. I know it's been touched on in reports, but apparently, in the Punk Jericho meeting, that apparently went very well with Tony Khan, absolutely over the moon after it and stuff. Apparently, Jericho was the one that brought up, like, yo, what about Ace, you know? Um, so, I don't know if that was his way of trying to, like, uh, disarm Punk. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because like, uh, we all know yeah. how Punk feels about Jericho, you know? Um, 
you know, and we all know Jericho. He's uh, he's very smart at his games. And there's always some sort of agenda with him, you know, for better or for worse, you know. Um, but yeah, Jer- the, apparently, apparently, again, I'm not a journalist with people. I do not do reports. I'm not in that game. Maybe one day, but I'm not in that game right now. Um, Send on your scoops. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> it was apparently, yeah, apparently was a Jericho idea. So. So, so to me, it's just like, I understand where Punk's coming from, where you think your friend's coming back because, first of all, you didn't come up coming back. You were somebody else. Then Tony giving the okay for him to come back. Okay, so we're just going to start again. And then you find out the day before, it's like, oh, shit, he's not going to come after all. So, Will's whole point is you telling me he's going to come back and travel with Rosie if he can't. So, I I can understand being frustrated about that because you just – because uh, if you're a punk, you can probably see as, oh, they just lied to me to get me back to come back. So um, I can understand it from that point, but to me, it just seems like Tony's trying to uh, appease everybody yeah. without trying to mm-hmm. work the situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he if Jericho never brought up a steal, punk probably would have been happy just coming back, you know, just knowing that, all right, it's whatever, but just the, the promise of him being on the road with him just got snatched away from him. I can understand it just being like that. So the time, the, yeah. the timeline is pretty weird as well because it's like, um, especially with the latest report from Nick Carlson earlier, with it's like, um, you know, uh, he still has apparently been back for months. Like in yeah. terms of like having these state of employment back with AEW, um, so like when Jericho allegedly. Um, suggested right. him coming back like was he suggesting like y'all come back on the road you know or i don't know um because obviously that was a lot more recently and nick when he's claiming he's been he still's already been signed with the company for months now so um there's a few weird timeline things with it um that of course you know may get answered one day may not you know um well regardless it's very fascinating a very fascinating choice to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, as a wrestling fan, and like, I'm gonna go like to a basketball thing real quick, like, because I remember when Punk came back, they were filming him and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I remember it was gonna be like a documentary or something they might eventually do about him. But I'm so mad that we're never gonna know what really happened, or we might do, but I don't know because there's so much legal stuff around it. Where I don't think we ever will know. But imagine if they ever do like a ten part, whatever. Uh, they did the Jordan Doc, the last dance, but imagine a CM Punk one. That would have been so cool to see all that <laughs> stuff happen and the, the 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 magic. But that's the only part as a wrestling fan I'm gonna hate that we're never gonna know. You'd probably it'd probably be a lot less fun than you're imagining because they're all like workers to the absolute hill. You know what I'm saying? Like, would yeah. be, <laughs> like everything that's interesting would be left off camera, and so, that's the unfortunate part. Of it. Imagine like, the foot- Imagine the footage of Ace throwing the chair and hitting the, one of the bucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that for sure. Um, Larry barking, know. running around everywhere and all that. <laughs> and then, like, the video of Tony Khan just going <laughs> to talk to Punk or the bucks, and they're just sitting, like, because I didn't see that. I only saw the clip of the Conor McGregor one where he's sitting after what happened with Khabib and Dana White's talking to him, like, man, that was some crazy stuff out there or whatever. Like, imagine, like, Tony in that role. And, I don't know. That's just real cool stuff that we're never going to see. Yeah. yeah, Tony would never be in that role anyway, bro. Like, I like that. Like Manny originally framed it as like he wants a tell-all documentary, and then what you actually just said was he wants the flight footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I guess the positive from it, you know, that's the least divisive part of the recent reports is that like, the punk stuff, you know, like punk is yeah. he's going to be there at Collision. United Centre is still reportedly booked. Um, and I guess um, for those of you that have kind of been like thrown in a whirlwind by all these recent developments, which definitely happens with the CM Punk stories over the past few months. I would say, in my opinion, the Nick Houseman report is like the closest to um, what you want to be reading, you know, um, when it comes to coverage of it. So, yeah, that's kind of um, where we're at with that one. Um, another one was um, this is kind of this has been made kind of redundant now, but I did mention it earlier when I done like the announcement of the podcast tweet with um, Warner Brothers. Dave Meltzer was saying, which is hilarious. Uh, Earlier on on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery are very hopeful that, you know, CM Punk and AW can sort things out. But it appears at this moment in time there is nothing to sort out because everything is on the straight and narrow for now. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, But yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery, I think... um, so, like, there was people in Warner Brothers Discovery uh, that, like, obviously clearly were very panicked <laughs> when they were told by Tony or whoever in AW, like, take him off, you know, take him off the promo material. And um, that's where I believe the rumours of him, uh, the rumours of him maybe not being in AW or at Collision and, then, like, the kind of the doomer, Rumors and speculation. Um, I'd say it came from that, like in terms of like source. I don't know what sources reports and stuff have, but it seems like the kind of um, the Doomer stuff came from like the Warner Brothers Discovery side, which makes sense because if you're one of them people in the inside of Warner Brothers Discovery and someone from AW tells you, take him off, you know, get him (laughs) off rapid, you know, get him off now, you don't promote him, blah blah blah. You'd think, oh shit, you know. So, yeah, they, they, they don't know how the wrestling works. They, maybe they're trying to give him a secret or they don't want to break mm-hmm. a or something because he's not back on the show. So if you just put his name on there, you're kind of just breaking the surprise. So they, they're probably not used to what's happening in wrestling. Right. But I think that's what happened. Yeah. They they didn't know what was going on because, you know, they're kept in the dark about what's the kayfabe and stuff. And, no, yeah, the communication then, uh, wasn't great either from yeah, the that's thing, the, So <laughs> The one thing here, and I, look, he is what he is, but the fact that this – you know, this conversation was had like the night before the announcement and there was like a debate, you know, and Punk was kind of against their intention of announcing him via poster and press release. I do not think is an indication that the communication is, is how that report described it to be quite honest with you, because I would imagine if the communication was really top notch and they were discussing every matter of the thing, one of the first things I think they talk about is how are we going to actually handle this in the return? You yeah. know, clearly Punk was unaware they were doing that and was, ha- was not happy about it. So it's like, to me, that, again, kind of t- gives you an indicator of where things are at right now. And I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to wrestle with Samoa Joe, and I, I'm sure I'll have a hell of a time with it. But I think if you're a CM Punk fan, the best approach is probably, you know, good time, not a long time would be my would be my <laughs> guess. And to be clear, I consider myself one of them, so I'm not saying that to be a dick. I just – it don't look too good right now, to be honest with you. That's my personal read on it. But we'll see. Uh, so with this thing, like, I really think this the Ace Dill story just got blown out of proportion because, like, I think people went fishing for something because of that what happened with Warner Brothers yeah. being scared, and they just happened to find the Ace Steel story, and then they they blew that up and made it a bigger deal than I think it was because they were they were cool. Everything got sorted out already, and all that. And I just 
think all that coming up just made Punk and all that over the edge and getting more mad because he's just like the thing is he's not on it's weird because he's not on Twitter but he's on Instagram. So I, you'd think if he wants to be on social media, you'd be all of it, off all of it all together. But yeah, I don't know. To me, it seems everything. Oh, I'm sure he's on Twitter. He's for sure on oh, Twitter. Seriously, part of the issue is he's reading all of the shit, and that is a genuine yeah. issue in the whole thing. Like, yeah, I think that's what happened the first time he got hurt. He was reading everything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He got him paranoid, and I think he, I don't think he's as paranoid as he was before. But I, I I've been given the benefit of doubt. I think he's going to come back. And realize maybe I shouldn't have handled things the way I did the I hope first so. time around. And yeah, I, 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 think this, I think I'm gonna predict this. I think we're gonna we're gonna see him finish off his contract with AEW, and then uh, I think we're gonna see a steal on the road. I think he's gonna get it. So, um, two bold manning predictions. There we go. Yeah, I, I hope it works out, man. He's a huge Ooh. star. He's a wrestler that I fucking adore watching wrestle and perform. Yeah. Whether that's promos or actually wrestling in the ring, um, so of course I want him. I want him to be around, and I want him to do good shit, and I want him to be successful and not cause problems for other people. And I hope that the people around him as well, and the other talent in the company, can do the same. And everyone keeps their heads down, shuts the fuck up, because that's always the problem. And that includes yeah. Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer. To be honest with you, um, just fucking leave it. Everyone just shut up. And fucking leave it alone, you know. Just unless about um, the I would love to. Unless you're gonna do like <laughs> um, unless you you know, if you someone if you're like a Sean Russell and you report something along the lines of like you know, um, I'm sure he already has reported this over the past couple of weeks or something, but like you know, it's gonna be at the United Centre, you know, mm. like but like you know, like this again, like you know, with Brian and Dave, and you know, I'm, I'm a observer subscriber, and I actually am a fan of Meltzer. It's just like they're both of them, like they're handling of the coverage on this particular brawl out CM Punk elite situation. Yeah. Um the gossiping, the speculation, the lack of cross referencing, all of these things, you know, I just think especially I guess at the start it probably wasn't as bad. I don't know, yeah. you know. Um I, I would have to like go back and look at all the reporting, all the quotes from the Observer radios and stuff. It would take a very long time for me to do, although it would be very interesting to do it and do like a whole timeline of this whole thing. But like I said, like, their coverage, the gossiping, the speculating has been almost like comical for people that have been in this business doing what they do for as long as they have. Um, like I said, everyone, including them, even though they're not talent directly involved and were nowhere near the fight when it happened, um, just everyone just, you know, it'd be nice if everyone just shut the fuck up and um, got back to work, you know, and if the elite aren't going to work with Punk, shut the fuck up and just get on with it, do you know what I mean? Um, and if they do, same again, shut the fuck up and just get on with it and work together, you know, Um but yeah, that's kind of my final tag. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone shut the fuck up. <laughs> my my last thing on it is I don't want I'm not gonna name names like Monty, but uh <clears throat> I just hope I just I just I just wish if people are gonna talk about the situation, even people on Twitter that accounts like, that act like they know what's going on, stop being so vague about everything. If you're gonna say something, just say bro. I'm sick and tired of seeing going on Twitter every day and seeing everybody vague talk about the situation. Shut up, say something or don't, even people on podcasts, like, if you don't know what's going on. Don't say it. And if you know something, say it, bro. I, I, 
I'm, I'm sick and tired of all this vagueness. Everybody also, walking around going on. Manny, while we're doing this quickly, and this is we all do this. Everyone is guilty of this, but like the new brand of post where like we talk about how folks are talking about the discourse rather than what they should be talking about. Mm-hmm. We should replace that post with talking about the things that we should be talking about. Like there's we can solve yeah. that ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that's something we all are guilty of. It's look, it's exhausting. We we we're nearing some kind of resolution for better or worse, so in between. Um last night, I'll say this genuinely before we wrap here, but like yesterday for me was a great example of the right and wrong way to think about and approach wrestling. It's on a personal level. You guys saw me on the preview show. I was so fucking tired of this thing. It like kicked all enthusiasm for wrestling out of me. I'm watching the show like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, (laughs) like the wrestling, that's what we're here for at the end of the day, right? Like truly. Mm. And I'm not saying that to be snobbish because what I'm getting at is I was the worst for this last night. You saw me on the show. It's a perfect example, but like, it's just it's exhausting, and and I understand we cover it and we try our best to give our opinions on it, and I'm I'm I don't think we should stop that by any means, but there is definitely something to keep in mind in that regard. In terms of last night, there was so much discourse, we'd all lost our damn minds, myself especially. By the time the show ended, I was all I was like, "Fucking wrestling's awesome! What am I doing? I'm losing I'm losing my mind." So there mm. you go. Anyway, we'll leave it there, folks. But it's been a good time. Well, um, I guess the only other bit of news today. Switching over to WWE now. Um, Nick Khan announced at the, I believe, uh, excuse my pronunciation, the Muffet Nathanson Conference Talk that WWE will be doing a live event in India this September. It wasn't said if it was a premium live event or if it was just a live event, you know. Um, But the idea of a premium live event from India is fucking incredible. Um, Yeah. I'd absolutely love it if they'd done that. Um, it'll be, of course, even if they just do a house show over there, that'll be very cool for the people that get to go there and see it. Um, but the idea of them doing a fucking <laughs> pay-per-view from fucking India, there's fucking rules, doesn't it, you know? Um, but yeah, Nick Khan, man, he's really behind these international shows, man. Um, really behind them. And they're really good, you know? Of course, the last one being Backlash was a fucking enormous success. You know, to say the mm-hmm. least. So, it looks like they're going to keep it rolling. They're coming to England soon. Awesome. Tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. I may be uh, I may try get myself a ticket. Joe is trying to message me fucking game plans and draw up blueprints. Oh, mate, and um, he's talking about O2 VIP. Fucking. I didn't even know they were <laughs> coming back for another talk. I'm I'm in a terrible way, folks. I realize. I heard this, t- I just, a couple months ago, I thought, oh, my, they're going to do this. Well, not a couple, pretty a couple weeks now, right, Monty? But I saw they were doing this Roman and Solo thing, and I thought, oh, my God, they're going to work the Usos in London. And then I realized that, like, there's no tickets there, and they're, like, they're doing this combo deal with SmackDown for 700 pounds. 700 pounds. I mean, what do we, all I want to see is a nice tag with double heat, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a catastrophe tomorrow for uh, here in Holbert headquarters. But uh, but to the to the story, Monty, it, this whole thing is great. Like the the international element of these um, premium live events has genuinely been terrific, right? Like it's it's been transformative, honestly, because I still find the TV a real tough challenge for some of the crowds they have. Like the raw crowds, man, like yeah. it's brutal. You know, I watched the TV main event this week, and the, the work was good, but the crowds are just terrible. Um, so, well, they only care about the like, dumb. Yeah, so <laughs> the, I watch the pay-per-views and I have a great time of it and I've realised a lot of it's because many of them 
or even you know elsewhere in terms of location or they're the big four right so it's like it's a good formula they've got so hopefully this is you know hopefully this is a, a premium live event that's yeah um, considering he's like not a wrestling guy you know nick khan um he's done a very good job of like coming in and staying away from like the creative but also like tapping into things like this you know um in terms of like doing like live events it seems like he's very uh He's just very good at what he does from the sounds of things, you know, yeah. from what we see. Obviously, we don't see even 10% of what he actually does for the company. So, um, yeah, man, uh, good stuff from Nick Khan. Again, these international shows, uh, sure. Money in the Bank. Joe, um, let's talk Money in the Bank. Let's finish up this podcast and talk business. Um, MassFan84199, TK has the team behind him. Raka Khan needs to do India. Hey man, I won't be against AEW in India. <laughs> I wonder what their audience is actually like in India. Because I know WWE actually have quite a decent sized audience over there. Yeah, I can, sure. I can tell that just off Twitter. To be honest, um, I'm not sure if they, but... if they have a TV deal because sure. TNA. Remember that was like TNA's main source of income. Yeah, TNA in was India. big yeah, in man. India, bro. Which yeah, huh? <laughs> pop. I remember. But, yeah. Let's get out of here. We appreciate all the super chats as always. We appreciate everybody who has stuck along with us. Um, and uh, please like, subscribe uh, as always. Much appreciated. We do need those likes. Get them up, get them up, get them up, please. Um, plugs. Charlie has a feature coming out soon on yes, none of us. CD, Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the. One of my all-time favourites, man. I've been a big fan of Christopher Daniels for a while. Um, very excited to get this up on the site. And um, very good, good work from Charlie, as Why always. When, when, yeah, well, when Charlie does something, she does it properly, <laughs> you know. She, like, she, she's not going to drop a feature every week. It's not her style, you know. She's a busy woman. She's got uni to do, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, but, but Charlie, when you do lock into something, you know, you impressed the masses. So uh, we're expecting that again when this drops. Shout out Christopher Daniels. Um, Manny. Uh, I, don't have any, oh, I don't have anything to Any apply. projects? Uh, no, I just want to give a shout out to my San Antonio Spurs. Oh, got... no, no. No, 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 no. Absolutely no. ridiculous. <laughs> Joe, do you want to plug baby. anything? Um, match guide on Monday. We've got a couple matches yes. from this very dynamite. We'll be featured yes. on that. Uh, it's going to be an interesting lineup. I'm doing the Hashimoto match from I think it was, was that Monday or Tuesday. Oh, God bless. So, um, I'm getting, I'm, I think I'm, it was honestly, Tuesday. I think so too. But also, the Usos are working Ray and Escobar tomorrow, right? I believe I have, so. May have to push back down, folks. That sounds that sounds like a good time. So match guide on Monday as always. Support everyone on the screen here. This Cortez, uh, we're rolling now. You know. Yeah. Right? We really just. I, did see, I sent Alexia. I didn't. I didn't see um, Alexia. I had a message off Alexia, and I tried sending her a link when mm-hmm. we already was live, but I don't think she got to it in time. So. The, the, the the magic of this quartet is we just let Manny be Manny. <laughs> he gets us. He gets us up. You know, three quarters of the way there. So appreciate everyone that's been been with us on these shows. We've been doing yes. a lot of them as of late. So we'd love to everyone. Watching. Awesome, man. Very happy with these. You know, uh, obviously, same same crew as yesterday. So we appreciate you guys that uh, have been with us for both of these streams yesterday and today. And of course, tomorrow, completely freshening things up with the Impurist podcast. You know, uh, Ayo, Marcus, Chris, and Rob. 
you know what to expect from there. If you've watched it before, very different to these podcasts that we do here. But nonetheless, very good shit, very entertaining shit, and one of the funniest fucking wrestling podcasts you'll Absolutely. ever find, to be honest, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you guys sticking with us, and we will catch you tomorrow, 6 p.m. on Pure Risk. Peace.